spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hello, friends. You're now listening to the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Show. You never knew was two of those things. I think we can all acknowledge that if this fails, you two will be fired and I will remain. (laughs) So, no pressure. Bo Bishop, a regional media icon. Winner of Emmys. Purveyor of the good life. Sir, you don't know that for a fact. I just said it on the radio. Also, two guys this company named Employee of the Month. What are you talking about? Paul Hogan is Hulk Hogan's brother. Uh-huh. Look sure it up. Because it's Hulk sure Hogan. That's his real name. One guy is from Australia. The other one is from Tampa. You mean he's from Hollywood, brother? <laughs> Not brothers. Chops. Yes, they are. This is Bishop and Friends. All right, let's do a live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Bo and the boys with you for the next three. Uncle Dom dropping by at 1033. A little bit of Shelly time at 1133. Lots to get into with Jode. It's been a busy last four or five days on the Union Blue front. The real truth, 10 o'clock. NFL Blitz coming up at 11. All the other fun and festivities that you've come to know and love about the program. Or, hey, it can be go both ways. I maybe stumbled into something. I was on with the Juice Boys uh, about 20 minutes ago, and we were Beam was talking about relegation in and and the promotion through the FA Cup. Well, not there's no promotion or relegation in the FA Cup, but how there are seven divisions kind of of, of professional football in England and and upwards of 700 teams that play in the FA Cup and you you can play any level can can play up and that's the beautiful thing about the FA Cup a team like Manchester United can play a team like and I don't even know some of these teams at the lower level you've never heard of them but let's just use Wrexham for example before Ryan Reynolds and uh, the guy from Sunny bought it uh, that was a fifth division team that is slowly moving its way up and a lot of people here have fallen in love with that story but they in the FA Cup those two teams can play there, there's no other. We don't have anything like that. I mean, that would be a, similar to like the, Single the Lakers playing Major League Baseball. Not even that. Chops. <laughs> it would be like the Los Angeles Lakers playing your local high school team kind yeah. of thing. As if the, and if well, actually, I shouldn't say your high school team because they are of age. So I guess like your local like town team. Like they still do that. I think people still do that. Like they play like town team basketball. Like you play like in a little community league, yeah. and then you have teams. I mean that that's probably what it would be like. It'd yeah, because be it's definitely like further than NBA and G League. Like that's oh, way those further. are way too close. We're talking. Way it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would be NFL playing those weird semi pro teams that show up yeah. on the high school field in the middle of the summer sometimes. Right. right. And we just don't have the depth of professional sports to do that. And in this country, in a like if you're not winning championships, what's the point is kind of our attitude. If you're not the best league, what's the point is kind of the attitude. Uh we just we just don't have the ability for those type of things to maintain and, and thrive over over decades and, and generations. So it's really not in play. But as we were discussing that um, I said that I stumbled into this. That might be the perfect NCAA penalty going forward is to let's say Michigan gets pinched for all this stuff instead of doing scholarships reductions, which, you know, don't matter anymore because of NIL and you can get around it um, instead of taking down a champion what they're not going to do anyway. But let's say they took down a championship like who cares? Everybody saw him won it. What difference does it make? So they can't hang a banner. They still have it like this. The, the, the pettiness of taking Reggie Bush as Heisman, like these nonsensical things. What if they said, hey, Michigan, how about next four years in the MAC? How about that? And and go play Western Michigan and Eastern and Central and 
play Buffalo and and have the mighty Ohio Bobcats come to town and you go you go make the trip to Bowling Green it's right across the border go play Toledo I that, mean that's that what they're penalty. doing this year anyway schedule well no that's what they last did last year, year. Yeah. we're doing that <laughs> we're doing that next year we're doing that we can't throw stones at them anymore what if too because of their schedule like they're still in the contract and stuff so they still have to play texas but then they have a max so they have these like tough games at the beginning of the year but then a max schedule once conference play starts would you require a team to be promoted or would the mac just have an extra team for four years well i think if you're going to have relegation and penalty then there probably needs to be promotion for excellence as well right that would probably be it it's a good question like do you just go down I mean, you see, it's never going to happen, but UC I just thought it would be did fun. It. They made the playoff and yeah. got promoted to the Big 12. That's true. Yeah. There, I guess there is a little bit of that. I, it, it's never, it would never happen, but it just struck me as something that would be so appropriate. It happens at the high level of European soccer. Like it happened. The, the example I used this morning with the boys was, um, in the Scottish Premier League. There was, um, there's Celtic and Rangers are the two best teams. They've always been the two best teams and, and Rangers got in trouble for like a financial, uh, cheating scandal like a decade ago. And they sent them down to like the division two. They took away the total, they took away points and they sent them back to division two. And they were down there for a couple of years, three, four years, I think, before they were able to move back up. Same thing happened in Italy where like, so like it was Juventus and a couple others at the start of the year, they were just negative 30 points. And if they didn't get above the bottom three, they'd be relegated down. So it'd be like what it would be like is if you were Michigan, you'd say, instead of taking away wins that happened while you were cheating, you're going to start this year 0 and 6. Good luck. That's that would be the equivalent. Yeah, and it's like you said with American sport watchers, they just want to watch the best and say this is the best league, here's the mm-hmm. champion. They're the world champions of the world. We've always loved to throw that on our sport championships yep. here in America as well. And the problem is I feel like when we talk about relegation because college football does seem like the one that it would work with. It would the, work in college. The, you know, until recently, five power conferences Five group of five conferences, so you could, each one could team up with one, and it would work really mm-hmm. nice. But I feel like the only reason we get excited about it is on like the front end of our rivals or teams we don't like or teams we're embarrassed <laughs> to still have in the league going down. It's like, ha-ha, yeah, punish Michigan, make them go down. But what are we going to do, yeah, with the next step of, well, then teams have to come up because we just aren't as interested in those teams. So what the, when the team gets it, promoted, we, yeah, we're just not interested. I mean, we talk about you know, taking down banners and stripping championships, UCF's claiming a 2017 national championship. And while we're all sitting here going, they have a thing in their stadium. Like it's on the, one of the, uh, it says national uh, champion. It says, yeah, 2017, I believe it is (laughs) national champions. God bless them. I mean, that's as legitimate as a lot of them. They were 13 and 0 that season. And, uh, Nobody cares. My favorite thing on that end is when you go to like a Wikipedia of like a college football program and it says claimed national championships. Minnesota? 60 claimed national championships. The Columbus Quarterback Club gave us one in 1971. It must count. On top of it, it's even crazier that like some teams have enough that they don't even claim all the ones that Mm -hmm. technically could be attributed to them. There will be even an unclaimed title section. And I think to your point, Ohio State should do an audit and figure out which... Who still owes the Buckeyes a national champion so they can do a parade for each of those? That would be fun. Think about this. This sport, think about where this sport is now where you're going to have a 12 team playoff and all of that. 
And just in, in people out there listening, not in my life, but in people out there, in my life, we had split national champions. That was a very common thing that happened where the coaches and AP would split them. Um, it happened with, with, uh, Washington and I think Miami in the early nineties. It happened when, with Nebraska and Michigan should have probably happened with Penn State in 95. Um, and there were, there's other instances. It of even that. happened think, in the BCS era with USC yeah, and LSU. Happen, that's right. USC and LSU that happened. And it happened in, uh, it happened Colorado and Georgia Tech, oddly enough, shared one. Um, so, so that that has happened in in our, in our lifetime, but there the idea that there was a time when like the UPI or the coaches or the AP like one of them would vote before the bowls, so like they would crown national champions after the, the ten seen games. Enough, you've played ten games and you're like that's it because the bowls were never meant to be like a final answer to the test. The bowls were a reward for a season well played. That's you, what they were. Here's you got to go down to somewhere nice and warm yes, and play a football game. Warm and you there. get to go play a football game. And that's what it was about. It was about well, Ohio State has a year yeah. like that where they lost the Rose Bowl but still won the national think, championship technically. I think that's the either 70 or 71. There's one of those where they were voted a national champion by somebody but then lost the Rose Bowl. I mean, those th- that that was very common at that time and it's we're a long ways from that now. Um I did watch the Cavs last night. So we, we talk a lot about like, what are we going to watch this time of year? And I see you're in your hoodie, uh, Reese. They're pretty good. They're, they're on a hell of a stretch right now. They won nine out of 10. Uh, they had the Clippers in town. Um, I, I, th- I still think that down here, in order for it, them to gain real traction, there was real traction when LeBron was there, obviously. You, you remember those ratings. Um, Chops, were you producing the show at that time when LeBron was still with the Cavs, or is that still, that might have still been? I think game. LeBron was the last, LeBron's last year was the first summer of the show, right? It started in like May of 2018. Yeah, so that probably, I been. took over full time producing in like August of 2018. Okay, so it would have been Beam. Yeah, Threes and I were on for like a month. And we would chart like we were, we were the, fi- they were in the finals. They were against, obviously against Golden State. And, uh, that's the, when J.R. Smith blew it and, and all of that. LeBron had a Herculean effort in game one. And after that happened, you knew that they were cooked, but they made the run all the way there. They were battered and so forth. And you'd see the ratings and, and it would show like the city by city track of, of the ratings. And Columbus would usually be third. We'd be third in the ratings in, in the NBA. I mean, it would be Cleveland would be one. And then, um, in terms of most eyes watching it and, and Columbus would end up being third. But I always felt like it was more of a LeBron town than it was a Cavs town. Like it's a real easy bandwagon to jump on with LeBron. Like there's been a connection with him for a very long time. And I think the same was true. And I remember this years ago when he first went to Miami that it would rate incredibly well here when he was on those heat teams that they would rate. Uh, that, that people would tune in to watch those. I think what, since he's gone to the West Coast that it's kind of done at this point. But I, I think when he was in Miami, there were people that still watched and maybe they just wanted to watch to root against. I don't know. Uh, but the, but the numbers were very good. I think for them to really gain traction here. And I think this city is welcoming of a bandwagon to jump onto. It would really take a run to like the Eastern final. I mean, that's, re- they need to win a couple of rounds. And then I think you would see. Momentum. And I think the way that you would do it is you'd go to a fun casual place or something like that and, and you'd, you'd see those games on TV. That, that's kind of the, always been my litmus test. Like when I go to a, a place like that, go to a sports bar, like how many TVs are watching what? And that's when they have their chance. But I, this is a fun team. They're really good. They're going to get Darius Garland back soon. They got Mobley back last night. They've been good for about a month and a half. But, in order for them to really gain traction, Reese, you grew up here. You'd probably know more than anybody else, but um, it feels like they would need to win a couple of rounds. Yeah, and they need a gigantic superstar. Like, they need a Giannis or an Embiid. 
I don't know if Mitchell. Ask, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I I know it's the Herculean effort. I know you know Garland and Mitchell and Mobley and Allen are fun, and at least three of those guys are absolute stars. Yeah. One or at least two of them deserve All Star noms, but they're not that in that kind of stratosphere. It, it's interesting with last night's win. So, it, like you said, Cavs have won nine of ten. Look where they are in the standings. They're in the five. They're half mm-hmm. game back of yeah. the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. And so this was the bare minimum, really, going into this season to ask, okay, jockey the four, jockey the five, see the Knicks again, and then move past the Knicks yeah. is the next step in this. So I'm thrilled they beat the, the Clippers because you heard I don't know. Actually, I do want to ask you a question. and sure. We're not going to have a ton of time to get to said question. Go but ahead. I'm 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 timid in how I take each win because they beat the Bucks uh, on mm-hmm. Friday and that was huge because Giannis yeah. was playing. Sure, but this is the bare minimum for them. How did you watch last night's game, or how did you stumble so into is, it? So I stumbled into it because the boys were into it. Uh, we'd got home from basketball practice, and the boys wanted to watch it, and so they they turned it on, and I. You know, all, up until th- this game last night, I usually just go in another room because I'm just not interested in it. I was, I'm watching other things. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sit and watch. And I watched, you sit and watch what is consecrated here. And I, um, and I'm watching it. Let the boy it, watch. And, <laughs> let the boy watch. And, um, so I'm watching, I'm like, wow, they, they played like a great, they play incredible team defense for starters. Cause, and the Clippers had all their guys. So that helped. Like it was Harden. It was George. It was, um, Leonard. Like they had all their dudes. So it was like, okay, like this is a real thing because I mean, like what happened over the weekend when, uh, when Embiid didn't play in, in Denver. Like that's shameful. He hasn't played in Denver in like four years. So like this was all the Clipper stars. They were all in Cleveland. And, and so I was into it. So I viewed it from the perspective of like, here's my introduction to the Cavs. Now I followed them tangentially. I'm aware that Garland has been hurt and Mobley came back last night and that type of thing. I'm aware of them, but in terms of actually watching what's the first time, I'm not sure how they're going to juggle these guys back in when Garland gets back, but I watched it from the team, from the perspective of here's one of the best teams in the West. You got them in your place, handle your business. And they did. And it got close in the last two minutes and they pulled away. Real quick, Chops. Yeah, the problem for the Cavs in this time is that they haven't been able to carry the momentum into the offseason because they've done the right steps. Make the play-in, but not make the playoffs. Make a big yeah. trade. It, it works out well with Donovan Mitchell, at least in year one. And you, you, you you do a better job in the seeding, but you lose in the first round. So this year, they're going to have to stack something on that. So that way, that you actually think about the Cavs between the end of the season and January because that's the yeah. problem right now is it wasn't exciting enough at the end for you to care about what's going on with them in the offseason. Yeah, they need to, that. They need to win a couple rounds. Is is what they need to do. Speaking of needing wins, the Buckeye basketball team needs one bigly tonight at home against 14th ranked Illinois. Um, we'll take a look at some early position battles to watch in the spring as well. Off and running on a Tuesday. Bishman friends are here on the fan. Let me see Buckeyes. Yes, jackets. Yes, crew. Yes, fart noises. Hell yes, the fan. Ohio sports desk. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pull up a stool and ask the bartender for something neat. Because Uncle Bo is on the radio. This is Bishop and Friends. 
Hey guys, it's Chops. Let's see if you can guess what these potential side effects are from. Pancreatitis, urgent bowel movements, depression, suicidal thoughts, kidney stones, birth defects, hypoglycemia, anxiety, and insomnia. If you guess weight loss injections, you, sir, would be correct. All those risks when 80% of patients gain their weight back within a year of stopping the medications anyways. Now, how about these side effects? Fat loss, happiness, increased mobility, confidence, restful sleep, and increased energy. Those are the effects of Awaken 180 clients experience when losing their weight fast and for good. Thanks to free support for life. And I'm not just saying this based on other people. I've gone through this and I've kept the weight off since last April. Now, I lost over 90 pounds with Awaken 180 and I'm confident they can be the solution for weight loss for you as well. So give Awaken 180 a call at 844-346-1800 or schedule your consultation at awaken180weightloss.com. Bishop and friends, we're sponsored by Awaken 180, fast sustainable weight loss without medications, the solution for weight loss, Awaken 180 weight loss. So, as is very often the case i was somewhat right on the on the rangers commentary i was making on the liquid on the uh relegation uh jack with this so rangers went all the way down to division three after being liquidated it took them four years to get back to the top flight um so just imagine that like the the them and uh, celtic are the two biggest teams in scotland by far and all of a sudden you're playing i mean that would be like going fcs if you were michigan like that'd be going down to be playing like in the Big Sky Conference, one double A, like that type of thing. Um, he he sent massive club horribly mismanaged for a while. Went into an administration because of it. He he added that uh, something similar could be happening this year with Everton, a historically huge club, still in the top five all time in titles and points, um, at a risk of relegation, ultimately bankruptcy due to the mismanagement because of ownership breaking the financial fair play rules. Point deductions hurt. They do. It's a devastating blow and penalty when you do this. And college is kind of the only one we talk about all the time. I think college is the only thing in this country where it would work you'd have to get for it to work though you would need a true ncaa you would need a mm -hmm. true everybody you'd need an organization the way the nfl sells the nfl where you sell the television product as a group you would need you had you talked about power five group of five you'd need like a, a, a group of 125 teams that you were selling all of it and no one's ever going to share do you think though it would cause people I, i can't decide if it would cause them to try harder or to stick with like their status quo like this coach can get us six wins we shouldn't be relegated if we have six wins we're just going to stick with them or would well, they so say we the, have to work our way up so we've got to make sure that we we stay with this and hire the next best guy you're that attitude though that you just said like the keep the coach stay six and six that that most of the people around the rest of the globe are cool with that like if you think there's really There's two superpowers like in Spanish soccer, two. And everybody else is kind of fighting underneath of it. In in England, there's four or five. In Germany, there's like one and a half. And everybody else <laughs> is like cool with being like down in the mix. You know, like they're they don't have delusions of grandeur. They don't think they're entitled championships. They're fine with it. Like that's part of it. The is, SEC is would that. really struggle with the They'd idea really, of relegation. I think the Big Ten teams, really. a lot of teams that would be yeah. fine with it. I'll just stay in the middle of the pack and stay in the Big Ten. Just, just Where's right my here. check? Stay happy, baby. Keep catching those checks. Um, big one tonight uh, for the Buckeye Bass. We're long past, right? Three and six in conference play. Uh, another January swoon has uh, befit the men of Scarlet and Gray. They have Illinois in here tonight. It's full day. That's a, Illinois is a full day. They're ranked 14th in the country. 15 and five are all six and three in the league. Um, Coach Holtman was on his show yesterday, which followed us, and was asked about the tough stretch. Try to provide examples for them of, uh, you know, how guys have done it in the past and done it really well here and what that looks like. And, you know, when you got a young group who 
uh, is probably struggling with some some overall confidence right now. You know, you just try to you try to share with them kind of what has been done in the past. I mean, um, you know, there have been I think uh, ten teams in the last six years, or maybe eight eight or nine teams in the last six years in the Big Ten that have have had a similar or worse record uh, in terms of starting the Big Ten like we have, and have also made the NCAA tournament. So there's so much basketball left to be played and the challenge is just to really focus on the the task at hand the moment in front of us the day in front of us right now the work in front of us that's really all we're all we're focused on right now is just today and uh how can we be our very best today um as a group as players as coaches that's all that matters nothing else really matters in all this and we've had some really good uh, moments this year of play and really good stretches of of play and when we've um, this is kind of the first prolonged stretch uh, of real challenge for us and we've got to respond like good teams do and uh, and that is focus on today focus on the process of getting better and uh, and it kind of stay in the moment stay present and and uh, you do that enough you put enough of those days together good things ultimately happen yeah, I I think one thing that we you wouldn't you don't know until you know. Um but one thing that maybe you didn't see coming in December was how this all feels very fragile now. It it's felt very fragile in January. And I think back to the loss at Penn State and and you mentioned the Michigan loss yesterday and um but the loss at Penn State there was a there's a moment in time there where you're up, weren't they up 18? I think they were 18 in that game. And, and you say, you win that. You're coming off a win against Alabama. You're ranked 25th in the country, 24th in the country. And then belief sets in. But when they crumbled and they lost out there, it become, then it starts to become who you are. And the fragility is, is everywhere now. And so now the doubt at the end of games is now become the doubt in the middle of games. And the, the efforts the last two times out on the road, we're not in any way winning efforts. And if they continue to do the things that they've been doing, and I'm, I, I actually think they're at a point now where they need some rotational shakeup, like it's not working. The way that they, they're, what they're doing right now clearly is not working. So it's hard to just do the very next thing when you've got kind of a month here of like, this has not gone well and it's going worse week to week, game to game. That's why it's hard when you when we play that cut from Coach Holtman there because I don't think as a coach like he's saying the wrong things. These are the the right things for for a coach to say. That, okay, we're going to take it one day at a time. We're going to continue to do our things the right way and and to the best of our ability. And then the wins will start to come. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the strategy or the philosophy behind that as a coach. But there does almost feel like a no. You almost need to bring it down to like it's so bad right now for Ohio State that it could like they need to like play with reckless abandon like do nothing that is so formulaic to the season because what they've set up is not working for them so you almost want them to play with with nothing just throw caution to the wind and just go out there and be basketball players and how can they find that because just going out there and going through the motions that they've been going through that's how we're here and why they're not a a dynamic team not in any way right now It, it doesn't it's it's a tough I mean it's tough for everybody obviously because you want to balance your development of your younger players with your patience for allowing them to mess up. Yeah. Because you cannot afford to lose any more games again. Not breaking any news here with any of this, mm-hmm. but the young guys are the future of this thing whatever the future looks like. 
And I think that's where the priority needs to shift because the guys current aren't getting it done. No, I, I mean, I, we're up against it, but I, I went back. That's what I was saying. I mean, I think, you know, Middleton, those type of, you, you want to build habits. You want to do all of those things, but like that probably should have happened in November. Nothing's December. being built with them. Yeah. It, the, the way that it's going, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one tonight. Very, very difficult at, at home against Illinois. The game is on Peacock and you can listen to it right here on the fan. Uh, the Buckeye football team into their off season drills. This roster is absolutely loaded. How many position battles will we be looking forward to in spring? We'll get into that coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. If you don't like listening to Morning Juice, Bobby Carpenter's man nipples will punch you in the face. For real. You want to fight, do you? Weekdays from 6 to 9. The fa- Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Us. What's up? What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a Tuesday. Uh, it's a surreal thing to see, uh, seeing some of these images uh, from, from up at the Woody. Seth McLaughlin, Caleb Downs in uh, in Buckeye hoodies and answering questions from the media. The, today's transfer availability day is that is basically that the way? that's what all the transfers that you're thinking of. They are going to be available until ten thirty or so. I think it is supposed to be like nine a.m. to ten thirty today. Get to know your portal person. <laughs> there you go. It's like speed dating for portal people. Speaking of speed dating, Caleb Downs. One of the things I just saw come across my timeline. Yeah. That first day he was in the portal, he got one hundred and two calls. He said. My God, like, how do you even be, wrap your head around that? But number's also so specific that, like, he clearly <laughs> counted. He, t- he kept track of all of them. Yeah, it's um, it's a ridiculous amount of talent. So Howard will be available there, too, mm-hmm. right? Is, do, we have, do we have him in the mix as well? I don't know if they're bringing him out in sections or what, but all I've really seen is Caleb Downs so far. But uh, Judkins should be available, too. That's what the email from Jerry said yesterday, at least. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Good job. Um, the... It's God. You forget about Judkins. <laughs> you do. We spent so much time on on Howard and Downs and the top of it and McLaughlin to shore up the offensive line. And you you think about that and you oh yeah they got the best running back in the SEC the last two years is or the most productive running back in the SEC the last two years is on this roster now too. Um, it is it's a, a stunning accumulation of talent. Um, it is a um, you know in a way there's what is the the Sylvester Stallone film that he did the. Um, the the expendables yeah <laughs> when he just kept adding humans it was like expendables right, get, one expendables right. two expendables like, three expendables four is, is arnold Dolphin available is coming out. Like, yeah. wait let's get arnold in this one and then we'll get dolph lundgren in this one and van damme and i i don't think they've gone so far as to go to seagal but it feels like because he's just an awful human but i think everybody else they brought those guys into the expendables every time there's a new one there's a new star and that's kind of what this offseason's been like for ohio state like Every every day it was like another guy, another guy, another guy, and it it d- does leave a roster that is obviously loaded. It leaves a roster that will take, and I think this is a big part of the Bill O'Brien hire that will take some management. I mean, this is this is going to take some management here when when you think about how how this is being put together and and handled, and it will fall mostly at the feet of Will Howard, right? Because everything else, there there aren't too many questions there. If you just go look at like position battles in spring once we get into march 
so many things are just put them in Sharpie and don't worry about it. There, there will obviously be a conversation at linebacker, um, and we're still waiting on the official word to get uh, that that James gets that gig and we can all move on from that because that there's still that position that has not been hired. I don't understand what's taken so damn long on that, um, but but that thing's still out there, and and so there will be a, a little bit of position battle there. There will be a little bit of intrigue in the inter- in the offensive line, but some of that it will be known. Um, and and I'm not going to sit here and play games that there's a quarterback. I'm not. We're not doing that on this program. Like I'm not acting like that's nonsense. And so then then the other one would be kind of receiver, right? Because Behind a Mecca, it's a bunch of kids. Yeah. And is it the kids who have been here a year? Or is it a kid like Jeremiah Smith, who's this generational receiver prospect? Like, th- those will be position battles. There'll be some tight end stuff, although they get the transfer from Ohio. And I, I'm sure there'll be a job. I'm guessing what they do at running back is say Judkins or Henderson or Henderson or Judkins. I don't think that there will be a starter it's, per se. Yeah, it's not so much the competition with the running backs, but I'm really interested, and I don't know if we'll really even get this in the spring. Travion might be a guy who, you know, he's dealt with injuries anyways, and he's a veteran player. He might not even participate that much in the spring. I don't spring. think either one should. But what is the rotation actually going to look like? And we probably won't know that until fall, but I, I yeah. want to know what it does look like, how they plan to use both those guys. Are they ever out on the field at the same time, or are they just coming in and out for each other? Is it a series-based thing? How are they going to manage that because both guys are worthy of being a starting running back. Yes, for sure. I mean, I don't think you need any of them in the spring. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I have Will Howard throw a lot to young receivers, but it's a lot on air. Like, I don't don't need to see those running backs hit people or or be hit. Yeah, they were asking McLaughlin where he was going to play, and he basically said wherever, um, play center or play one of two guard positions. But, yeah, during the spring, it's like those guys, you know, we'll talk about – like depth and competition, but there are several positions where you don't need to have that. It's kind of like an NFL roster, right? Like you just, there are knowns. There are positions where you go, we know this guy, we've got him. Especially with Seth, he's played so much college football, you're just taxing the body by asking for more reps at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, this this is going to be a wild time in spring. I, I think the one that I'm most excited for, because it's the easiest to watch and absorb is going to be the the wide receiver room because your heartline recruits the best players in the country at that position every single year and then it's always fascinating to see which one pops um like Marv popped Marv wasn't the number one guy in that class he played himself into that relatively quickly but nobody thought that that's what was what you're getting when you when you got him Julian Fleming was the higher ranked receiver in that class so you 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 find guys get ranked and then it's like okay now that they're here, and now that these quarterbacks are throwing to them, who who comes out of the top of that? You know that Emeka is starting. That's lock. But who are the two guys who get passes, who, who get balls after him? Because unlike, and maybe this changes with O'Brien, they don't feed everybody here. Like, you know, they throw to two or three guys on the edge, and that's about it. They don't. They don't spread the wealth and and run a bunch of receivers in. They they play kind of the hits. Um, and so if you're not one of those guys, then you you could be sitting and watching. And and that's something that that I'm very fascinated to see kind of the shake out there. I agree with you on the fascination with the wide receivers, but I do feel like it's a little bit like that conversation we just had with the running back room that I know these guys are good. I want to sure. know what the rotation is. Um, and so when I'm thinking about pass catchers, is it going to be a an actual replacement level for Cade Stover, or is the tight ends going to take a step back 
again and not sure. be there because you get the you get Kazmarek from from Ohio and he seems like a pretty good player. So is he going to be the starter or is Jelani Thurman and his giant body going to take the step in his second year in the program and he finds himself out on the field or does G mm-hmm. Scott finally have it? He played uh, you know basically four Cade Stover as the year went down the stretch. Did he take that spot or is somebody going to to jump him? Not that it. it it probably won't be as important as the wide receiver position, but I do think that that's a real one where it's like, hey, whoever plays the best here in the offseason is going to be the starting tight end. Here's another one. And this is the one where if you could have a camera in there and just watch all of it, it would be the reps at quarterback. Because how do you do that? How do you begin to do that? It's critical that Will Howard throws to the five, six best receivers over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's critical that he gets in sync with the offensive line, that he gets in sync with the tight ends. Learns the offense. All of it. He's got to learn the offense. So that's job one. How do you even attempt? And by the way, everyone in that room is learning the offense because it's the Ryan Day offense, but it's the Bill O'Brien offense. So it's a melding of both, right? So everybody's got to learn that offense. How do you do that with five human beings? How do you split that up? How do you make sure that, that Aaron Nolan and Julian Sand are both engaged, let alone above them. I mean, those got Keenholz is still here. Yeah. Like they're, they're all still here. So like, how do you, how do you manage to me? That's the most, they're lucky Bill O'Brien's here because this will have to be Reese, a very NFL approach at that position. I wonder if you're even worried about keeping these guys engaged or if you're Two more them, so you're- challenging them to keep themselves engaged. Like it feels like here's the accountability here's tough, where accountability tough. comes into it because Ohio State now has shown that they don't need anybody because there's so many people that are willing to get into this club that want mm-hmm. into this club where you look at Aaron Nolan and you look at Julian Sayan and you say you've got to step up and do the work because we're not holding your hand anymore on this and if you want to transfer I I can't point because the portal could be in the cloud but there's the portal well and that too will there be a silent you're probably the portal guy. That will happen in spring with the a quarterbacks. Lead? Because yeah, if, if so. with five guys, there's just not enough reps to go around. So there will be at least one of the players who will see the writing on the wall in the spring, I think. I agree. And I, I I mean that's just the price of doing business, right? That's just the world that we're in in college sports at the moment. That and also for just from a scholarship perspective, you can have five scholarship quarterbacks out of eighty five. Like that's not gonna work. So that it just doesn't add up. So there's gonna have to be a shakedown somewhere and the management of that position you look, you got Ryan Day and certainly an expert in terms of offense and quarterbacks and all of it. He's overseeing it. And then Bill O'Brien. And it will take it will take frank, honest conversations. I, I think you have to be transparent with those guys at all times so that they have a real chance in the spring to go somewhere else, those who don't want to be here or or can see the writing on the wall. But yeah, you can't have five guys at that position. There's just there's, it's just not possible. Um one of the things that whoever quarterbacks this team is going to have to deal with is tremendous pressure when the maize and blue comes to town. This is a major shakeup at Michigan, not just at the top with Harbaugh, but with the roster. And it begs the question, was there a need for a continuity coach? We will get into that coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The fans. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you say something with enough confidence, it must be true. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Quick uh, correction. I, I misspoke and had Marvin in the same class with Fleming. Marv was in the same class with Emeka. Fleming was in the same class with Jax. Jackson Smith and Jacobs. Bad job out of me. Oh, I'm getting wide receivers at Ohio State get, mixed up and which class they're up. in. Which class? Who's a f- yeah, Where they're at. Where, where are the classes on that? Fleming was a five and Marv was a four, I think, by the time it was done. I don't know if he, always, if he was the whole time. Sometimes those guys start out as threes. Like that happened with Devin. Like all of a sudden it was like he went from yeah. all the way up. So that that's one that's hard with those rankings in terms of once they get an offer or get a commitment, all of a sudden those things pop. Were Olave and Wilson in the same class? Because Wilson was like that true five star thing and Olave had some injuries in high school and came in as a three, I think. I thought Olave was a year was he a year older than Maybe. Garrett? I mean, it's so many that <laughs> Brian has landed that it's hard to keep track of of where they all which class they all are in because some of them get you know you get injury you get red shirt whatever um but yeah that that feels i I did get that part wrong Um, how many teams yeah over like a five-year period would say we had two nfl receivers on the field at all times osu and lsu basically it's a short list bama Bama, had it for a while too yeah yeah but it fell off a cliff i mean because the year that they got jamo there was if they don't get him they didn't really have anything else because they they he was critical to what they were when they got Jameson to transfer down there. So like they didn't have, I think about that too. When you think about the, the just the theft that has happened here from the Alabama roster, which has been spectacular um, that they did get Jameson to go down there and, and help them play all the way. He ended up getting hurt. Um, didn't I think the other receiver got hurt too that year with, with Bama, but yeah, he was down there and a big reason why they had the success that they had. Michigan obviously has had a ton of success under Jim Harbaugh. He was officially introduced yesterday as the head coach of the chargers. Ryan day was uh, on ESPN Cleveland last week when asked about his thoughts on Harbaugh leaving for the NFL. Well, you know, right now to me, you know, it's, it's more about our team and, you know, there's a lot of changes that are going on in college football. You, know, you look at coach Saban retiring, right. seeing some different things around, college football and so you know all i keep talking to our guys and our staff about is you know we have to just really focus on on our team and and there's going to be changes across the country but we're looking for stability we're looking to make sure that we continue to build and look towards the long term you know where do we want to be in a year from now where do we want to be in three years where do we want to be in five years where is all this going and so with all this change we just have to focus on us and make sure that we're adapting with the times pretty good deflection there Makes so it about then, us. So then he they, they asked him about how Ohio State fans are celebrating Harbaugh leaving. I'm interested in this. Go ahead. Buckeye fans are always, um, you know, very passionate about you know their team, and we understand that. And so you know, that's that's why we're working so hard to make sure we have a plan moving forward. And they, they, everybody in Buckeye Nation has my word that we're doing everything we possibly can to make sure you know we win next year and we reach our goals. I would say that that's been made abundantly clear by their actions in the portal. Uh, Dave Briggs, columnist with Toledo Blade, um, with an interesting piece about the Michigan mentality with the Shrone Moore hire. Um, and it, it did, it was, it's a thought provoking piece. I, I encourage you to read it. It's a good one. And it basically the kind of the overall synopsis of it is 
If Michigan is losing 16 starters and 44 seniors in an unprecedented turnover of the roster, and Harbaugh is taking the defensive coordinator with him, the strength guy with him, him, and they do not have a blockbuster recruiting class that's coming in, was there need for a continuity hire? And it's fair. The The other part to that is because of when Harbaugh finally took the job, it's very difficult for those kids on that roster to find a new home. Like I haven't seen anybody at Michigan jump into the portal. Not since Harbaugh left. I haven't seen anybody Um, because it's, and some of that could be now the the counter to that would be, well, that's because they love Sharon more. And then they're very, very excited about what he could be. The other part of it could be, it's too late in the year for that to happen. What Briggs is saying here is, was this even, was this necessary at all? Because if they had gone outside of the family and hired somebody in from the outside, he would have had the same opportunities Moore would have had to try to win over the roster in spring. It's a really weird play by Michigan from that sense because, yeah, what continuity are you preserving here? Because this is not going to be, oh, we won the national championship, no. let's run it back. That is not the roster that, that is left here. Not saying that they can't have a successful season, but with that, with, with losing Harbaugh, all the players you're losing, with that schedule, it doesn't look like it's going to be that. But that's kind of been... Because of Harbaugh's flirtations with the NFL, and this is the ultimate culmination of that over the last three to five years, essentially, because he's been wanting to get back to the league, they have not done a great job of capitalizing on their momentum of these these good years that they've had. The last three years, because Harbaugh spends December and January looking at the NFL and so they don't get an awesome push at the at the end for a recruiting class that he, he's never like jumped up the ratings to number two or something like that no. and then the January is such a time for work right now in college football and they didn't really not only is it yeah good you kept the guys there you don't see the attrition in that 30 day window after Arbaugh leaves and that might be because of academic calendar but it could be for other reasons the guys just want to stay there so good job there but it's not like they made a ton of splashes in the portal, they brought in guys from the portal, but it was you know the normal type stuff. They did not do what Ohio State did in the they portal. Big game hunting, and I don't understand why all these years they've never really made it a a point of emphasis to capitalize on the momentum you get after winning the Big Ten, after winning the going to the college football playoff, beating your rival, and then ultimately this year winning it all and winning the national championship. They have not been a buzzy team at all. Well, they haven't had to. Like you see, Ohio State doing this out of necessity or out of yeah. I guess reaction to three straight losses. The Michigan man is celebrating three straight wins over the rival. The Michigan man celebrating making the college football playoff in consecutive seasons. How are they going to feel in November? Not even saying losing fine. to Ohio State, but what if they have three? Like, how long does that last, though? Because About a, a decent year amount. or two. Yeah. The, I think it lasts a decent amount. The yeah, coaches that repeat, though, they are right on it and doing but it I again. Don't, they don't have the coach. See, I, and I don't know. And they've yeah. got NCAA hanging over their yeah, head. Yeah, I know. I know. I know everything you guys are saying. What I'm saying is from a Michigan standpoint, they do they not seem to be. To more. They do not seem to be organizationally going, let's do it again. I don't think it's in their DNA to do that. And, and I, I, think I, I don't like I don't that. Think, <laughs> I, know, I agree. But I mean, I don't think that's in the Michigan DNA to do that. I don't think that that's their attitude. I Even just the way that they built it. I mean, and this is where they deserve so much credit. Sign stealing and all of that aside. They were, this was a master class in player development. Yeah. Like their kids got better. Their players got better. JJ McCarthy got better. That it happened across the roster where players who came in were developed. They developed guys. They got them to stick around. They, they did that one more year fund. All of those things worked. I don't think they ever aspired. I mean, this is what they aspired. They aspired to what they did win a national title and then we'll see in a decade. 
I mean, and I think that's probably what's going to happen there. Is they're going to be kind of back to where they were? And let me rephrase: if that is what Michigan does, that doesn't like make me unhappy. I meant from just a more no, general not, sense of everything. Get, no one's going to no one disguise you as a Michigan fan. You're you're fine on that front. But I just think their mentality is very very different than the one down here. They just they don't view that it's not viewed the same. Uh, we'll hit the real truth coming up next. Included in that, what exactly is the plan for Ken Dorsey with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland? Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Join Bobby Mack and Jody Shelley for the Inside Edge. A behind-the-scenes look at all things Blue Jackets. Wednesday night at 7. Your home for Jackets hockey. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With friends like these, who needs former college football players? This is Bishop and Friends. Second hour. Uncle Dom coming up at 1033. Let's hit you with the real truth. Bishop and Friends present The Real Truth First one up here on this Tuesday, Ken Dorsey new offensive coordinator up there in Cleveland will unlock the Houston version of Deshaun Watson Is that the real truth? That's the intent <laughs> that's, that's the intent of it, I think um, So you say, well and I, I am sure that there were Browns fans who were less than thrilled or kind of, huh about the uh, how were you, Reese, when you hear Ken Dorsey? What was your reaction? Eh. I heard Browns. Yeah, because I knew it wasn't going to be a an actual play caller. This no. feels like this is an assistant to the play caller. This is a Deshaun Watson babysitter. Yeah, so I think what the intent of it is is so you look at who Ken Dorsey is. So he played in the league a long time as someone who was very and, and part of his reputation as he played in the league was that he was someone who was very supportive of the starting quarterback, right? So he was good in the room. Okay, so let's so that's the first part of it. The second part of it is um, when he was in Carolina as the quarterback coach, Cam Newton had some of his best seasons including an MVP season in Carolina. The next part of it is when he was the quarterback in Buffalo, they were part of integrating, along with um, Brian Dable, an offense that took best advantage of all of the things that Josh Allen can be, um, all of the things he can do with his arm and all the things that he can do with his feet. So what I believe their intent here is, is that Ken Dorsey will help Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson see offensive football the same way. So what I mean by that is, one thing that Stefanski's not crazy about is being out of the gun and plays where things aren't on schedule. Well, <laughs> right. So conversely, one of the things Deshaun Watson isn't crazy about is turning his back to the defense, flipping his hips, getting his head around, finding an open guy and spinning it to him. He's not comfortable doing that. So I think what this offseason is about, and I think what Ken Dorsey is about, is melding those two things, Im- implementing some things into Stefanski's offense that allows for Deshaun Watson to do the things he's comfortable with, out of the gun, almost see it, then throw it versus anticipatory, and at the same time help Watson get on the same page with 
being able to play with his back to the defense and be comfortable doing so, which is, is something he's not. This is a it's it's a kind of a round peg square hole situation. Is is kind of where you're at here, I guess square peg round hole situation. Um, and they're trying to make it work, and I think that's what this hire was about. So get back to the original question. Ken Dorsey will unlock the Houston version of Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. I don't think that's the real truth because I don't think that that's there anymore. It's been too long for that. The idea that someone who hasn't played at that level, you know, you, you can talk about the way he played in the Baltimore game where he completed his last 14, but it was a pretty dreadful first half in that game. Like, he doesn't even have one full game of elite as a Brown in two years. So, and then he sat the previous year. So you're talking, by the time he starts this season, this is a guy who's been hurt a lot, uh, including now a, a, a throwing shoulder injury and a surgery. And it's been four years since he was an elite NFL quarterback. The idea that one guy is going to be able to do that, to me, is not the real truth. Yeah, when I read yesterday, I mean, and the number made sense, but I'd never, like, I guess I just hadn't seen it written down yet. Like, he's only played 11 games in two seasons with the Browns, obviously with the suspension. Well, and three seasons total, Chops. Yeah, yeah and three seasons he didn't play year. at all that other year. And yeah. that's why, like, yeah, I'm glad you came back around because if this was the real intent, you nailed the answer. That was a great answer, but it's the real truth. And yeah, the real truth, I, I, I'm along the same lines as you. It does make sense for the Browns to intend to do whatever they can because of the assets they gave up, the future assets that are promised to Deshaun Watson in a guaranteed deal that everything they do is to get him to play at that level that they saw in Houston because that's why they did all these things and brought him to their team. So that has to be your intent, but is it actually going to work? And I don't even think it's really going to be a failing so much of Ken Dorsey or anything or anything on the coaching staff. And really, is it even a failure completely of Deshaun Watson? I just don't think that guy is in him anymore. I don't think that that level of play is ever going to be there. It should get better, though, at the very least, from where it has been these first two years with Cleveland. But I just don't think we're going to see lead the league in passing and throw upwards of 40 touchdowns type guy in Cleveland. It's not the real truth. Ken Dorsey's Geraldo Rivera and 2020 Watson is behind Jimmy Hoffa's door. And he's going to open it to fanfare and there'll be nothing because it doesn't exist anymore. It's 2023. Young audience, young audience can you you just Google that? What Reese just One of the best reveals in television history. With it, if you can't possibly understand how big a deal that was or how big of a deal Geraldo was at that time, like just amazing. Next one. The Bengals will keep T. Higgins. Is that the real truth? So I don't think it is the real truth because I don't think there's any way they can. I, I know that they probably intend to. Everything that I'm hearing on that front is they will cap or they will tag him and then trade him. Is, is kind of the feeling. And, and if that, because they're not going to let him walk for free. There's, there's just no chance. He's way too talented. He's worth way too much. But I, I just have a hard time believing how they're going to have that much money in the quarterback room or in the, in, in the offensive room. Because you've got to pay Jamar Chase. The, the, the Burrow money is going to come due. The idea that like 30, 40% of your, your overall cap would be at two receivers and quarterback, I don't know how you pay everybody else. So to me, just financially, I don't know how they do it unless he just takes... Now, I know when Burrow did his deal, they said that one of the things was critical to him is that the deal allowed for everybody else to be taken care of, too. To me, there's just... I don't see any scenario where they can. 
And I don't think they should, honestly. Like, they shouldn't have that much tied into it. This season was the year to yes. take the risk on possibly getting nothing for T. Higgins. Or maybe, or then going into what they, it sounds like they could be their plan of tagging him and trading him and getting something, but never actually signing him to another actual deal. And he was hurt a lot of this year. And then obviously Joe Burrow got hurt, and that pretty much ends the season. But this was the one they were trying to cash in on that and figure out what to do with T. Higgins. So I think you're right that the real truth is they'll probably tag him and trade him and get something for him in theory this could work but they'd have to have a very tight room and i think these guys like each other but is jamar chase willing to play on his fifth year deal and then say just work on it in the offseason but he would be a free agent and would that piss him off enough that is that even worth the risk but if you got him to do that and have like sort of a silent agreement that we'll just get a new deal for you after this then you could afford to pay the tag on t higgins for a year but that seems like way too much of a risk take with a guy like jamar chase who you have to have on this roster he's the one that you have to lock up that's why you're in the situation with t higgins anyways yeah they'll keep him tag him trade him that is the real truth i guess if there's anybody that can talk higgins into the scenario you proposed it's joe burrow well jamar probably needs more talking to for well, that. all of them do because if higgins gets tagged you're on the team that's it I, i'm very curious to see what they do with the burrow money to make that because it's the richest deal ever like he didn't do them he didn't pull a tom brady and take less to make this work like but he he kept saying when they that that the conversation was constantly about in doing this I'm doing this so we can keep everybody so I I'm fascinated to see how they manage it I know they'd love to keep him I, we've been saying all along this was their year they were all lined up for this year I mean they've already lost Jesse Bates because of a cap casualty so like and he was an all pro this year yeah and so th- that's why yeah, this year was very disappointing for them and can they keep the band together it doesn't feel like it speaking of keeping the band together mason rudolph will be the starting qb in pittsburgh next season is that the real truth it's the damnedest thing but it feels like it is did you guys see art rooney the second uh talking about this he was he was doing his kind of state of the state uh over the week i think it happened yesterday Mm -hmm. and said you know you saw it the quote was something to the effect of you saw what happened when we got competent quarterback play that mason provided uh so that's kind of a shot at pickens Obviously, or Pickett rather, and and so they maybe they think they unlock something in Mason Rudolph. I, they are just too talented of a roster, though, to me, to have a guy who they not only did they draft Pickett, but they also signed Trubisky to be ahead of him. They've had him in their building for all these years, and he's a free agent. So now you're going to pay Mason Rudolph? I, I don't understand that. And, and yet they're going to go nine and eight, or or. Ten and seven. I don't know how they do it. It's wizardry. But at the same time, like there's, it's kind of a road to nowhere with Rudolph. So it does feel like this is going to be the case. I don't know how they're going to do it from a financial standpoint. I don't know why you would do it. Um, I don't know. Man, just go be if, – if you're them, aren't you aggressive with Fields or Cousins or something? Like how could you run this operation back when you look at everything else in the AFC? Their stated goal is to win the Super Bowl, not to like sneak into the postseason. For some reason, this really interests me. Apparently, it's Art Rooney the second because he is Art Rooney's grandson. I was like, why is it not Junior? Why is it the second? Yeah, and then they skipped one, figured it out. But yes, I did read his state of the state, and it was weird because he was giving like the vote of confidence for both guys. But Mason Rudolph is a free agent, and so to Correct. do that, he had to be like, oh, we're, we also want to re-sign Mason Rudolph. And it's like, well, if you're going to go through the effort of re-signing a guy like Mason Rudolph, 
you must think that there's a future with him. And Kenny Pickett is just still on his rookie deal, so he's still going to be on the team no matter what. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to cut him or anything. But if you re-sign Mason Rudolph, that to me comes with the expectation that you see this guy as the better option as the starting quarterback. And the way it played out last year, he was the better option of the of the starting quarterback. And through most of two seasons, you know, he didn't start right away and got benched, hurt, whatever happened with Pickett this year. He's not been very good, and actually, the you know the statistical markers that you look for that are you know just baseline stuff, completion percentage, quarterback rating, those went down this year for Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett, and their offense was uh, you know this did coincide also with firing Matt Canada mid seasons. You can't completely overlook that, but their offense was the best it ever was the entire season when Mason Rudolph was the starter there at the end. It's not the real truth. I think when Pittsburgh gets a, an offensive coordinator, he's going to be like the hell to all this. You give me this quarterback room? No, no, no. We're going out and getting somebody. You'd think, right? Logically. <clears throat> yeah. Then again. They never have a great pick, though. That's how no. they ended up with these guys. No, it won't be a pick. It'll be someone in free agency that they're going to take gonna a be... flyer on. I agree. That just seems so unstealer like. It does, but I just don't know how you could Brave run this. Brave New World in Steel City. <laughs> run this back. Run that operation back. Last one today. AFC slash NFC title games at neutral sites won't be sellout crowds. It's not the real truth. Well, it's not the real truth. They would be sellout crowds. I, I think the the fact that I don't. I hope this never happens. I, they they this is the beauty of it is you get these games in these spots. Like that's the that's the brilliance, and you get the true home field you've, that you've earned that you deserve. So I, I hope they never do this. They would be sellouts. I I guess what would the point be? Like I, you just go to domes and warm weather places. Would that be the deal? Like you go to. So, like, Baltimore and Kansas City would play in Miami? Because it's got to be someplace people can get. I do think they'd be sellouts, but I think it would be a, a, just an absolutely critical mistake by the NFL, who rarely makes them, uh, to take away that. Because it, there's something beautiful of, like, we've earned this. Yeah, and unlike the Super Bowl, which becomes its own destination, I'm not sure that they could build that up for a week. So that's why I, I, I'm i wondering, like, would it actually... Like, would there be standing room only? Would there be people in the top rows of these yeah. games? Or would people for the Chiefs say, I'm not going to Miami. I'm going to Las Vegas right. for the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. I can't afford that. It's the conundrum we talk about in the college football playoff. And would celebrities with the Super Bowl only two celebrities, rich corporate people, whatever, with the Super Bowl only two weeks away, mm-hmm. would they be like, oh, I'm going to go to both. I'm going to go to the AFC title game and then go to the Super Bowl. So I wonder yeah. if that would also pull back from that. I it's the NFL, so it's going to make money no matter what they do, and this probably does net them more money, but does it actually net a better game and a better environment? For sure not, and I'm I'm still dubious on whether or not, with the Super Bowl still looming, people would sell out two different conference title games on the same day or at least the same weekend. Smaller stadiums, though, too. You're 70,000. It's not... I, I think you would. I think, you'd be, I think you would. Even if they didn't, the NFL would still tell us it is. Yeah, I just it would never be an it, honest like. It would never look like reporting. a bowl game where like you can see that the stadium's yeah, empty. Yeah, never be able to like call them on it. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff there, boys. With the real truth, uh, draft season is here. The Senior Bowl is on. There are deals that are going to have to be made. One of them could involve Justin Fields. How quickly could it happen? We'll get into it coming up next. Bishman friends, right here on the fan. Winners of the prestigious Platinum Microphone Award every year, given to the best radio station in the world. Uh, no need to look it up. It's real. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Keep your friends close and your producers closer. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. And gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook and get in on the betting action. Playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Take advantage of those massive odd boosts on your favorite teams and players. They get you the biggest payouts. Try that new flex parlay and cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100. Get a $100 bonus. Download the Tipco Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions do apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. There isn't necessarily a drop-dead date for the Bears to trade Justin Fields, um, but I would think you would want to have it done by the Combine. If from their perspective and from the perspective of prospective future teams for Justin Fields, because if you're trading for him, then you don't have to go draft one. So when, when you think about possible destinations for him, um, the, the ones that always, the, the, the no brainer is obviously Atlanta. That's the one that checks every single box, but it's possible that they would maybe prefer a cousins type. I mean, what they did with their coordinator hires certainly would, Make you believe that Cousins has played in those type of systems before, provided he that, that he does not go back to Minnesota. He's played in those systems before. The roster is ready to go. Um, Zach Robinson, who who comes from L.A., would run a similar system that Kevin O'Connell does. It would kind of be a, a start and go. I mean, it would it'd be a way you go. Where with Fields, it would take a little bit of a of, of some movement in terms of of what it looks like. But Atlanta is one that's always at the top. The Raiders are. It feels like a very Raiders move to trade for Justin Fields. That feels like something that Al Davis would have done and in turn maybe Mark Davis would have done. Um, it, he feels like the type of quarterback who Antonio Pierce would like a lot, the grit, the toughness, all of it. Um, New England pops up from time to time as a, as a possible one. Uh, go ahead, Chubbs. We've talked a little bit about the return for Justin Fields and what that could be, and I think it could get upwards of a first, but you also hear people throw out that it could be a second as well, and I wonder, because I hadn't thought about it much, because it doesn't make sense for Fields to be a sweetener at all with the with the number one overall pick, because that team's going to take a quarterback if they're trading up to number one overall, but what if the Bears, because they're starting to stockpile some picks, because they would have traded the number one overall pick two years in a row if they're also trading Fields, presumably. Well, no, they take fields with the number one overall pick so they would have that so instead of trading that you hold on to that they have their own first round pick because that 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 number one pick is carolina's would they be willing to put this they've got a round two pick from the commanders uh, a few years ago would they be willing to like put that with fields and guarantee a first rounder and then all of a sudden the bears have three first round picks including their new quarterback and you you take the second round off here's why they wouldn't because the unless it was because you got to pay them all so yeah, like, it's almost like true. you love second round picks because you don't have to pay them. And they're almost in, in many instances, they're just as valuable or, or can be just as valuable. So if there was somebody they loved, you know, that scenario might play out. It's interesting. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, uh, put together a Bears Raider trade for fields that included the Bears getting a 2024 third, a 2025 third that becomes a second rounder. Fields plays 75% of the snaps or a first round selection if the Raiders make the playoffs in 2025 and the Raiders would then get fields. So that is not the first round 
conversation. It, it's one that would turn into it if Fields plays 75% of the saps if the Raiders make the postseason. But that's the jumping off point of a third rounder. Um, other Raiders, Raiders picks I've seen, and this is more consistent with what I've seen around the league. Um, the Bears getting two twos. So they would get a 2024 second, which is like 44th overall, which is kind of perfect. Um, and then a 2024 fourth rounder. So you're, you're not seeing that ones and, and all of that. I, I see there's no scenario like the Patriots one that they put up here. Bears get the third overall pick. They are not true. Oh, here it is. Okay, so this does make some sense. Bears get the third overall pick uh, and a fourth rounder from the Patriots. In exchange, the Patriots get Fields and the ninth overall pick. So the Patriots would go from uh, from three to nine. They'd get Fields, and they'd still pick at nine, and then that would allow the Bears to go Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. The, that was the one I was wondering on because you brought up a good point of like, yeah, three first-round picks just becomes a yeah. logjam, and how are you going to pay the guys? But Okay, well, then what if they do pair their ninth overall pick with Fields, and what kind of return can that get? It That's the smarter move if you're being a GM and you're tetrising this all together instead of – because I think we've – because it's been so focused on fields, most of the time we've only thought about it in fields for something. But that doesn't have to be the trade. There can be other things no. in there. No, that would be, if from the Bears' perspective, that's your dream scenario would be the New England one. Because now you're picking first and third. You have you already have DJ Moore. You already have a really nice, talented roster. You have a ton of assets, and, and you've you've spent well. You've got cap space, all this stuff. And now all of a sudden you're resetting your calendar, and you're, you're landing the – a generational receiver talent, Marvin Harrison Jr., and you and you land your quarterback. Yeah. Now they can walk together the rest of the way. First and third is what Houston did this year. They ended up with yeah. two and three, but it's the, the same idea. It's like, well, if you end up with three and you're taking a quarterback, you're essentially guaranteed whatever you want at three at that point, and they'd be picking sure. first. So they'd get their quarterback. They'd know a quarterback would go number two, and then they'd have anybody they wanted at three, so they essentially get like the first two picks of the draft. Whatever happens um, with all the different scenarios just mentioned, do we think so? March thirteenth at four o'clock is the new league year. Does it happen shortly after that, or we do we creep Officially. up closer to the draft? Officially, it happens that it, the deal gets done. It at happens the at the combine. Yeah, the deal will get done at the combine. So that's in about a month. That's last week of February. Uh, the deal will happen at the combine. It'll be talked about, even if it's not made public. That those conversations will take place at the combine and that deal will be done and ready to rock and roll by the time the new league year starts. So it won't be announced officially. He won't be unveiled anywhere. There won't be any of that, but that deal will happen. It'll be made at the combine. It'll be consummated at the combine. Do you think the business dealings and how used to Indianapolis and everybody is with the combine, do you think that the idea that the executives can go to ownership and say, like, it, we really need this and it works really well the way it's set up now, or are the owners going to get blinded by, we can make more money if we move this thing around? You're talking about moving the combine? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that Cause they, the, the they, one thing about L.A. They extended like they India about, a couple more years yeah, just the, recently. The real problem with an L.A. scenario or a... Vegas scenario, and honestly, I don't know that they'll make any more money. It would just be more convenient for the league for it to be in L.A. because it's where their studios are and all of that. Um, but the offset of that cost is right now I just don't think it's worth it because what Indy has is they have a hospital connected right there. Mm -hmm. So you can do everything. And you, the other thing you have to – the combine is the craziest thing ever, guys. Like If you haven't been, it's the most nuts thing ever. The, there's nothing. There's nobody else in downtown. When have you ever been in Indy when it's not an event? 
Never. There's I no, haven't. There's so, nothing there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It could be like post-apocalyptic. I have no clue. That's my hunch is that it is. I've only been there for big events. But like at the Combine, there's nobody else in downtown Indy except NFL. That's it. And bird scooters. That's it. <laughs> All those birds. Were, I mean, I almost lost my life last year on one. Um, but but that's it. So I think that how this... That's why I don't think it'll move from Indy because of the convenience of the hospital and the medical stuff because that's really the most critical. A deal gets done at the Combine because ego. And that's where the Bears could maybe get more than what some people project because all of a sudden you're starting to play owner against owner because they're all there. It's so all you're that, saying. It's all the scene boy, in winning time where he meets Red Auerbach in the in the steakhouse, right? It's that over and over and over again. And it's it's really surreal. But I, I think they'll keep it in Indy because it's like Indy protects them. Think of all the years. I mean, there are a billion nefarious things that happen at the Combine. I've seen it. None of it comes out. How like much, it's like a protected club. Like it's like they put a wall around downtown. Since they moved it to prime time for the workouts and stuff, have you, you know, because you've been there a few times, have you seen the fanfare really pick up all that much? Uh-uh. No, that's all for TV. There's, I mean, in fact, if anything, I think the fans lose with it going tonight. They don't even care about any of that. They just want to run it. Yeah. I mean, there's been times when I've done it when like the radio row for the combine has been like right across from the bench press and they they built like a mini stadium to watch people bench press, which I can't imagine anything more boring. Um, but like they, they've forsaken all of that for the primetime window. That's really where they're at is, is for their network, which gets a bigger number, but I think a less engaged number. I think the people who wanted to watch, watch during the day still and probably were into it. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, Uncle Dom joining us coming up next. Bishop and friends right here on the fan. The Chris Holdman Daily Show is brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio. This is Chris Holdman Daily Show brought to you by Incova Insurance. As you get ready for a quick turnaround and take on Illinois this evening after a busy week away from home, is one of the keys for a basketball team just immediately to focus on what's next and leave what's behind behind them? Well, I think that gets some rest, too. It was a late night on Saturday with uh, with a later tip, 8.30 Eastern time tip. So I think getting rest, quick turnaround, getting bodies and minds rested a little bit and ready to go for, uh, for practice and preparation. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. Hi, I'm Archie Griffin, two-time Heisman Trophy winner. The right coverage can be a game changer, both on and off the field. That's why Encova Insurance and their local independent agents are prepared for what's next and protect what matters most to you. Whether that's your home, car, business, or family, Encova's got your back with a policy that fits you perfectly. With local independent agents in your neighborhood and innovative insurance products that can be tailored to fit your unique needs, Encova's playbook is an easy win for your peace of mind. You can trust their team of agents to develop a strategy that's just right for you. And it's not just X's and O's. Your expert agent will guide you and provide insurance solutions so you can confidently manage your risk and count on a financially secure future. Bottle home and business insurance, you want Encova on your team. Visit Encova.com today to find an agent near you. Encova is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Go Bucks! Now, the officials have been talking for quite some time. All righty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review, there is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down. Well, that's not entirely unexpected. Ha <laughs> classic Bob. At Ohio State... 
We're creating what others only dream of. Our innovators are creating the new field of imageomics to track biodiversity. We're developing cardio-oncology therapies to reduce heart damage. AI-controlled trust verification to protect technologies from hackers and engineering more fuel-efficient cars. We're finding solutions the world needs now. Chris, with a quick turnaround to get ready to host Illinois, how do you go about dividing the time with time on the floor, film, just the general prep that a team has to do? Yeah, we've tried to really shorten uh, a, a good deal of that, but again, it's a compressed uh, schedule here with with a very quick turnaround. Really, it's going to be, in essence, a one-day prep because Sunday was more about rest and kind of recharge so we need to really maximize the time we've had um and the time we do have for an illinois team that's as talented as any team uh i think maybe in the country certainly in the big 10 with their talent from top to bottom okay this is the ohio state sports network from learfield Is it time to upgrade your financial situation? Whether you're shooting for financial goals or making a fast break towards savings, Credit Union of Ohio is on your team. If you live in Central or Northeast Ohio, you could score big with affordable loans and competitive savings. Enjoy Credit Union of Ohio's fast and easy online application process and make a slam dunk when it comes to your financial needs. Start winning at cuofohio.org. That's cuofohio.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Everybody knows that Roosters is a fun, casual joint with their award-winning waitstaff, great food, fun, and laughter. It's a quick stop on the way home to sit back and unwind or grab a carryout. Roosters is where you, your family, and friends can order pizza, sandwiches, salads, and more. And the home of award-winning wings that are fresh, never frozen. It's your family's other dinner table. Roosters, a fun, casual joint. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Bishop and Friends present Tuesdays with Tiberi. Sponsored by Sears Heating and Cooling. Family owned since 1950. Well, it's a Tuesday. Time for a little Tuesdays with Tiberi. Joins in the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Um, you've been around here a long time. Uh, the basketball program has seen its ups and its downs, and, and you and I were at a front row seat for some of the highest of the highs. What, what do you think that at its best this program can be, and what do you think the minimum requirement is? Well, you know, we did. I mean, you think about what, uh, you know, I go back to what Jim O'Brien did, you know, getting to the Final Four, I think what Thad Mata did. Um, You know, I I think they can be a competitive program here. Um, I think with what we're seeing in the world of uh, athletics at the college level, um, you know, and Ohio State has been at that elite level. Uh, what's going on right now? It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. I, I think Chris Holtman's a great guy. I, I love, I love, uh, I love the guy to be honest yeah. with you. I just think he does, what, you know, but, but, uh, you know, uh, this is big boy college basketball and he understands that. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, man, it's, 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 you know, I, I think sometimes as fans, we take it for granted that it's easy to win. Basketball is is a different animal, 
And, uh, you know, you need to celebrate because it's not easy to win at this level. And uh, right now, you know, winning like losing can become contagious. And it's, it's uh, you know, I, I hope they get out of it. I, I think it was interesting what Gene said, that he's looking back and he's, he's going to watch and, and see how the rest of the season goes. But, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, – it's not easy to win, and it's been a rough January. But the January is not, as Chris said the other day, what they're doing in January is not the same as what they will do in, you know, what they did in December. No, it's not. And I, I think the the other part of it, and we didn't, I don't think, I certainly didn't realize at the time. I had just gotten here, so I didn't. And I, the I, I covered the Odin Connolly final game from the floor. I was still in Florida at that time, so I was at that one, but it was on the Florida side. Um, the the other part of it is the level of recruiting that was happening at that. First of all, Thad was a supernova as a recruiter, but also there, there John Calipari wasn't at Kentucky. Like you didn't have you didn't have that just south of you. That that window that really was the golden era of of Buckeye basketball. Really, uh, and I understand they didn't win a national championship, but they played for him. They got to Final Four a couple uh, once one other time. Um, but, but the way that they were able to recruit. I mean, some of those classes, number one in the country, three, three, two five stars in a class, like Jared Sullinger, you know, staying and those, those all Ohio red kids, like they, they all played at Ohio State. It was a, it was a remarkable time. Oh, it was. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the thing is, it, you know, and, and I understand that uh, the fans were frustrated and everybody, I mean, but I understand Chris Holbert's frustrated. And you're right, you know, recruiting's a lifeblood. And, uh, you know, you, you look back, I mean, those three guys they had on that team that went to the Final Four with Odin and Conley and yeah. uh, Cook, I mean, yeah. uh, the, the, those guys were, they were all NBA players. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. And they weren't just NBA players. I mean, look at Conley still to this day. He's still yeah. tearing the league up. You know, Odin obviously had some knee issues, but the, I mean, that, you know, it just, uh, I, I'll tell you what has blown my mind with this club more than anything. And you watched them shoot in December and, and before they got the conference play and they could shoot the basketball. They played yeah. well. These guys cannot shoot right now. And I don't know if it's a mental block or whatever. And, you know, I, I talked to Chris about it and, you know, you, you, what do you tell a shooter? You got to tell them to keep shooting and hopefully eventually they go in. But, you know, Roddy Gale, I mean, he's struggling getting the bucket to go. Thornton, you know, has struggled at, at times. I mean, with the, the game they lost to Michigan, they were what, three of 25 from three point land. Yeah, it's brutal. You're not going to win. No. No, you're not. Um, who is uh, who is who is Victor Newman's main adversary right now? Um, well, it's going to be Jack because there's a lot of a lot of business going on there. Uh, you know, Nikki's got some issues. Who's married to Victor? Of course, and yeah. She uh, she has asked uh, uh, Jack to get involved and to be her sponsor to help her. She got oh baby. She got, got off the wagon but it wasn't by choice some woman kidnapped her <laughs> and put an iv in her oh and was uh was uh, was was uh pumping uh alcohol in her oh and, and she's off the wagon and so oh my god yeah it's pretty you can't make this stuff you can't up. make that up 
I mean, my goodness, they kidnapped the whole family, and it was they were all kidnapped, and then they they gave them drugs that oh, for was going to kill them, and then you know they got the they the uh, they got them the uh, anti uh, anti drug that would sure. keep them alive, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's amazing, you know. But uh, I got two for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. So over the last month, um, HBO was was running Sopranos because it's been twenty five years. Since yeah, it, since it yeah. debuted, so I I'll jump in and watch an episode for twenty minutes or so, and I I probably in the last couple of weeks I've watched, you know, if if there's if the game's over or whatever I'll pop in and, and watch for a half hour. All right, here's the question. Now you do this from my perspective. You know me very well. Rosalie April, mm-hmm. Charmaine Bucco, Lorraine mm-hmm. Caluso. How do I you like th- I like the first one, Rosalie. She's great. Yeah. She was, yeah, I, I, she was, she was, well, she's always been a favorite. I don't Same. know. There was something, there was also something attractive about her. Yeah. 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 She was great. And she dealt with a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, well, yeah, they, they all, they, there's a lot going on. It, yeah. Yeah. There, there was just a few things. All right. <laughs> so I just watched the season finale, the series finale. So we're at Holston's. We're at the, we're at the, the diner. What yeah. do you think happened when it went to black? Well, they want you to think that they were getting whacked, some of them. Or, you know, I, I choose He's not never to said. David that. Chase has never said. He's never said. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they left it to your imagination. I want to think that, you know, they lived happily ever after. But, you know, the, 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 just the way it was shot. And they just, there was like a little nervous energy there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people believe that uh, it uh, went went to black because Tony got whacked. The the funniest thing is, and I I find myself like you, like you you want them to live happily ever after. But then when you rewatch some of the final season, and Tony was bad the whole way, he was another level bad in the last season. He was so despicable. The last season. That guy, Gandolfini, God rest his soul, was an incredible actor in the standpoint that he was so likable. And, and you know, they the, the fact that they played to his flaws. I mean, this guy's the godfather. And he's going to a psychologist. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it made you feel he was vulnerable. It made you feel. But then, you know, you forget. You, you, you like him. But then you forget he's a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, remember what he did to Chrissy? Yeah. You know? I just watched that episode last week. His own blood and just like, you're done, Jeez. Chrissy. You know, you cross the line. Good, good luck. <laughs> that was always the look that Moose would give us when we were trying to get time off sorted out in the summer. Yeah. Like, kind of that uh, same all look. Right. <laughs> all right, boys. That's enough. Sell Chrissy. That's enough. That's enough of this nonsense. I've I've warned you. I mean, I mean, but that show. I mean, to me, to me, still my favorite uh, scene was when they took Chrissy for the intervention. Oh my God, Paulie with the. I mean, he sat with the the dog. The dog. The dog. Unbelievable. Tony. Tony had just lost the horse, and yeah, it it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, Yeah. that was that show. It was beyond its time, man. It was is incredible. But Gandolfini, one, one of these days, you and I should do we do a podcast and we do a rewatch of it 
and then we break down the episodes. You in? Oh yeah. Oh let's yeah. Do it. It, let's it, do it. But it was so. It was so. It, 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 it was just. It was ahead of its time. I mean, it was. It, awesome. was, yeah. it holds up. And, and if you jump into it, is, it holds up. There was going to be a movie or something, and and losing poor Gandolfini, we lost all yeah. that. All right, good talk now, as they, always, They buddy. made that other show. It was, I don't know. It was, it was uh, all right. Yeah. Did you like it? It's fine. It was, your, I didn't. Boy, your boy was in it. God rest his soul. Yeah, that's right. Good talk. All right, see you, buddy. All right, that's Dom DeBerry, Channel 10. Tuesdays with DeBerry. Brian Heating, Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Thing or not a thing. Up next, Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. Big Voice Guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Not interested in Iowa football? Too bad. Shops will tell you about it anyway. This is Bishop and Friends. I right, have a little thing or not a thing. Hit it, fellas. Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Apex Plumbing Pros. This one uh, on Monday, ESPN's Bill Connolly, friend of the show, he posted a picture of an old article, and the headline of it was, Splits within college ranks threaten existence of NCAA. Big schools may go own way. Then he emphasized this section from the January 17th, 1977 article. This is how it starts. More than ever, the NCAA is deeply divided and headed toward a crisis that could result in its destruction. And no one seems to know how to patch the cracks before they get too wide. And I read through the whole article, and it's like you could lift some of this verbatim and put it in the middle of articles right now. Thing or not a thing. So when you read that, I mean, that's my whole life. And when you read that, you say to yourself, how many... Like, older men who have run the NCAA have gotten wealthy by keeping that thing on the treadmill. And just... That's in the article, too, about... Just pushing it along, just kicking the can down the the road for the next guy to deal with and the next guy to deal with. Um, The one thing... I'm curious, does it say... Does it talk anything there about paying players or it being a documentation? Because at that point, there wasn't the money. So it was was about the money at this point, but not really for the players. This appears to coincide with the NCAA still owning the TV rights, which they eventually had to give to each individual school or at least their conferences to worry about themselves because at this point, it was a $10 million total TV deal for the NCAA. (laughs) But that money got distributed to all levels of NCAA football. Yeah, and so other schools are like, "Well, wait, that doesn't make any sense. If we're the ones that you're actually putting on TV, we should get the money." Yeah, it's a thing, and it's a hell of an effort by a select few to keep the money That's within crazy. their own coffers, than rather distribute it since the 1970s when they saw this coming. Wild. So, I mean, good job out of them for getting themselves paid. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, the idea that everybody saw this in the 70s and saw it in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and didn't stop 
step back and say, maybe we should address this and actually solve it. Where we're in 2024, and finally you've got an athletic director at one of the largest institutions, or a soon-to-be athletic director at one of the largest institutions in the country saying, no, 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 we're actually going to solve it this time. Yeah. It's good. Here was the one that I was like, man, this one, you could literally just put this article and just change the name to any sort of college administrator. Byers was the last name of the guy who was in charge of the NCAA at that point. He's your Charlie Baker at that point. Byers agrees. He says the financial pressures created by the advent of Title IX women's sports and inflation have placed an extraordinary burden on football powers. He feels the only way they can deal with these money problems is to be able to decide on common legislation without interference from smaller universities. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, that's... Blank don't Charlie. change. <laughs> Wild. It really is a get-to-know-a-portal person today at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. You've got Quinshawn Judkins speaking now, Ohio University, tight end Will Kasmerick's also speaking. Will Howard was available earlier this morning uh, and said, quote, there were a lot of different options for me on the table. This is the one I had circled in the back of my mind. It was down to the last minute, end quote, in talking hmm. about his recruitment and eventual Recruit, uh, I guess, eventual commitment to Ohio State. Thing or not a thing? Well, but he's he's going to compete for the job. Yeah, he has to have a competition. He's going he's to compete for the job. I mean, probably, I mean, I'm sure that all of that is it, it was between Ohio State and USC. Like that was it. So you got to pick one. Um, I'm sure there were financial offers that were trying to incentivize, and then you look at rosters, and I'm glad he chose here. But yeah, I mean, QB one, let's go. Yeah, I mean, how do you get that across the finish line if it's coming down to the minute? I also think, like, well, okay, so where was the possible just go to the draft situation? Where did that go for you as far as, like, the power rankings, like, going up to the last second? Or was that just always going to be your fallback? Hey, if I don't find the right spot for me in college, then I'll go to the NFL draft. Or was that one that was seriously up on his consideration? But either way, he does end up at Ohio State. And like you said, Bo, he ended up at Ohio State to play for Ohio State. Not to spend his last year of college eligibility just hanging out in Columbus, Ohio. No, No, not. Yeah. Timberwolves star Anthony Edwards, he was seen complaining about a missed call late in Minnesota's, well, a perceived missed call in Minnesota's win over the Thunder, and that wasn't his only complaint. Here he is in an on-court post-game interview on the Timberwolves TV broadcast. How did you get it done in this environment? I don't know. I don't know, and I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, Big shout-out to my team. Big shout-out to my coaches for sure. And then ESPN, in that article, they they specifically said, Edwards also said, unprompted to ESPN, quote, the refs was bad tonight. Yeah, they was terrible. We was playing eight on five, end quote. And there were other quotes. He just kept doing it at every <laughs> post-game opportunity he had. Thing or not a thing? I would tell him the same thing I tell, like, my fourth graders. Like, you complaining about the officials is not going to help you out. Because, A, you're going to get fined. B, they're going to hold it against remember. you. Yeah, they're going to hold it against you. You and find they the sixth graders? Uh, I make him run. Uh, <laughs> no, there's, that's it, though. So I, I think, like, there's no, for him, there's no win here in doing it. So it's just one of those things that will come with maturity. I think what you would probably do is, as he be, and he's turning into a superstar. Like, yeah, what eventually, he's only, like, 22. Yeah, he's a kid. So what eventually will happen is that this type of conversation is had kind of behind closed doors or in private with the official rather than publicly like this. That'll be the lesson learned. Yeah, because they're going to remember in the playoffs this. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because he also had a point where he talked about, like, I haven't earned the respect of the refs yet. Like, it is like tired. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You're not doing it right now. 
because they they are incompetent. They're bad. Like NBA officials are bad, but officials really over sport have been bad, and they don't have any incentive to get better because they, they're really strong in terms of their union. So well, you have to deal with it, and, and that's not how it, you do it. The other part of it is in all of these sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, whatever. Like the majority of the game is played in nuance in the gray area. Like how much grabbing and do you allow? You, you you almost set the tone in the first minute what it's going to be played like, and then you play to that standard, and it changes game to game. And obviously, it's so easy to to notice when your own wrist gets hit. But sure. remember that most of the time, if the refs are bad, it's it's not like they're targeting your team. They're just bad both ways, and you're yeah. benefiting off of them not calling or possibly calling things that aren't correct. So you kind of just take it as like off Reese's point. You kind of just take it is for what it is at this point that refs make mistakes. But sometimes you benefit, sometimes it's bad for your team. Real quick, I forgot about this from Friday, but after the Cavs beat the Bucks 108-100, to Donovan Mitchell and friend of the program Chris Fedor had a pretty interesting interaction where Chris says he spoke with Donovan Mitchell one-on-one after that win in Milwaukee. When I asked him about not being named an all-star starter, he didn't immediately answer. Instead, he savagely cackled for five straight seconds. That tells you how he feels. Thing or not a thing? Well, so they had a graphic up in the game I was watching last night, and you'd know better than me, but um, he's going to have a tough time just making the roster, right? Because yes. Brunson's in there, he's in there, Maxie's in there, and Trey Young's in there, and they all kind of have similar stats. So it's he'll make it, because you're going to have a, somebody from the Cavs or a good team. Somebody will be there. But it's just an overcrowded. Who are the starters? So the starters in the East are Giannis, Embiid, Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It's crowded. It's crowded in the backcourt. Yeah, I mean, right now the NBA, what, it's a a logjam of good guard play and then seven-foot freaks who can do anything on a basketball court now? (laughs) Yeah, right. That's the the league? League And LeBron. And LeBron's still hanging around somehow. Uh, We'll blitz the NFL coming up next. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. The fan is live and local with morning juice, caffeinate, and dominate. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9. The fan, Ohio's sports destiny. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Taking the art of sports radio and day drinking to a whole new level. You're listening to Big Up and Friends. All right, final hour here on a Tuesday. You guys both watched Sopranos all the way through, right? Yep. I did. How'd you guys read it in real time? End. Well, it was hard because I it, it had been. I just did it last year, you so knew I knew. I, I I watch enough stuff about movies and TV. So you that, knew how it was going to end. Yeah, I knew. Like I was the. I didn't know all the details, but like I knew that we were going to get to a scene of them in a diner, and it cuts to black with Journey playing. So yeah. it was hard for me to like react in the moment, you know. Um, but I. I think I can read it as he that he got God. I've seen enough videos too where people people like to break it down now, and you can like see the guy behind him and yeah. stuff, and what what people are doing in the diner. So I'll go with that because if not, then it doesn't really make any sense to me. Well, if the the other part of it, and Reese, real quick, Reese, give you, you, you how did you how did you read it? Did you watch it in real time? I did not watch it in real time. 
No, okay. so I knew how that was going to happen, or I knew the scene and how it was going to unfold, much like Chops did. I was of the idea that they're just going to have us holding on until they do another like season. Well, they can't or now. A movie. No, I know now they cannot, so, right? Or a movie. So, so I thought they were going to be alive. It's good. Yeah. You know, that they survived well, because HBO. I knew like HBO is just going to want to make more money off this. So your that read of it is one that was possible when you watched it, but not when you did. Yeah. Because Gandolfini had passed. So there was no... That also probably paid into your viewing of it, Chops, and that you knew there could not be any more because he was gone. Um, so that there was no way out of it. Um, one thing that, that uh, David Chase, the creator, has said, and there's been a lot of that this could possibly be it, was that this is essentially like, I'm done. You're, this, is, this is the end of your view into this world. And you can take it however you want. But like... You got to root for this guy who's despicable and all of these things. And the last season is just a, it's just a, a slow march through the most despicable. Like in previous seasons, there's some redeeming, none in the last. Like it's just bad stuff after bad stuff after bad stuff and all of his worst qualities. And it's kind of like you to sit there and think like, what have you just been rooting for? What have you just been watching? And he's kind of alluded to that as well. I, I think the, I view it the way you do now that, like done like lights out. There's enough foreshadowing in the final season. I think for that. And I think the reason, one of the reasons you maybe don't want to shoot that is could be for the ambiguity. And it also could be like, that would be a hell of a thing to go out on because it's not like he was going to be the only one getting got. He was there with his family. Like it wouldn't have just been him. Yeah, I mean, they would have been a mess. They would have had to like legitimately shoot up that set that that diner was on. And Rothman had a good theory or just talking to to Dom earlier. And he he and I have talked about this one before. So I'm paraphrasing and I don't want to you know say it if it's not fully exactly what he thinks. But the idea that cutting to black also is like it reverses it. And the uh, as the audience, you get whacked at that time, too, yeah. because it just boom, it's over. It's gone. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was alluding to, I guess, with yeah. the, like your time with these this family is done. You guys are done. Um, it's funny though what you just described on the Sopranos finish with the fade to black and knowing it was coming. That that's what happened to the boys with Darth Vader. Yeah, when is because he going to say that he's the dad? <laughs> they never feared him because they knew he was Luke's dad. So like when watch when I watched Star Wars with him for the first time, like Darth Vader was menacing, terrifying for me as a kid until Jedi terrifying and and they for them it was totally ruined and the first one is also not constructed well enough because they didn't know exactly what they were going to do that it's not like going back and watching the sixth sense and you're like you see details that you're like oh that makes sense because he was dead the whole time the first one they didn't even know that they were going to make darth vader his dad he kisses his sister at the beginning of the second one (laughs) yeah yeah no they yeah for sure yeah all right let's blitz the nfl Bishop and Friends present NFL Blitz. Just two games, kids. I believe I had it, Reese. What did you have? I think I was 2-0 and mm-hmm. on the weekend, so I had it all. I had Brock Purdy. was like He's a good quarterback. I think we can be done, and I said this yesterday with the game manager label. I think he's, the very least, Sunday's performance shed that, but I had going into the weekend, like, that's a very good quarterback, and he proved it. Do you know what Mike Greenberg tried to do this morning on Get Up? What is gaslight you? Yeah, well, of course. Gaslight like, the audience, of course. But his his big thing was, and it was he like even took like a moment for drama was that Patrick Mahomes is the best game manager in the history of football. And his point was that it's gotten bastardized, but that Patrick Mahomes manages games to wins better than anybody ever has. So he like tried to flip game manager. 
Oh, that was being big, like a super positive. Because he had was thrown it at other quarterbacks, <laughs> and he's like, well, I actually meant it I as a the good other thing. Way. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, not that it wouldn't help another quarterback, but like having Patrick Mahomes' brain without his physical ability might not be as advantageous as you think. Whereas yeah. like having Tom Brady's brain <laughs> might actually put you in a much different stratosphere as far as playing quarterback because you can't do the things Mahomes does physically. No, and that's yeah. where I get with I believe I had that Patrick Mahomes. He's not turning the ball over. He we had that stat no. that now he's gone six straight postseason games an NFL record without throwing an interception, and that seems to be his game. So if you want to call that game manager, sure, anybody. Thirty two out of thirty two NFL teams are taking Patrick Mahomes to be their starting quarterback because when it, the lights are on and they're the brightest, he plays the best every single time, and he doesn't make mistakes and put his team in bad situations. And all you need is seventeen points and two hundred some yards from him because. The team is set up that well with him at quarterback. I got a nine-minute drive in that game. Like, it was just, it was so, yeah. I mean, the Mahomes thing, I learned my lesson from the Bills. I, I had the scores and I had the money line on both of them. It went the way I thought it would go. Maybe not the scores in terms of the actual score, final scores, but in terms of the way that those things ended up, it's it's the way that I thought it would. I thought Detroit would be very competitive, and I thought Kansas City would win at Baltimore, and that's the way that it played out. What didn't you have, Reese? It's Steve Spagnolo, not Steve Spagnola. I've been saying it's Steve Spagnola this whole time. Are you sure? Yes. Steve Spagnola, yeah. That's how Spagnolo. Steve Spagnolo? Mm-hmm. I don't know. This seems like a Shiano like S P A G N U O L O. Spagnola. So but it's oh it's kinda like a Tyrod Tyrod. Probably. I wonder if it's been pronounced wrong. I don't think we've been pronouncing it necessarily wrong, but I did it with emphasis on the A. Spagnola. All of us do. Like Rudadium Leviosa. Yeah. Everybody does it that way. You swish and flick it the other way. I guess. I don't know. When people, I mean, all of a sudden names are pronounced. Like, it's one thing to be like, ooh, how do you pronounce that name? And you get it and you try to lock it in. But it's when you've done it for years and then somebody says, actually, it's this way. It's like, I don't, I'm. He's That's been an NFL head stick. coach, for God's sakes. Like, why wouldn't he have fixed it a long time ago? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily him. I think everybody it could in the just building, be us. Everybody right. in the building uh, just calls just him Spags, show, though. Like, no. every, Spags, they, everybody I guess I hear, I've that. heard a lot, but yeah. yeah. Weird. Didn't have it. Um, I didn't have this, so okay, Ray Lewis there, pregame. Hype up the crowd, get everybody going for the Ravens-Chiefs game, get all the Baltimore fans up. Okay, third quarter, things aren't going so hot, you're down 17-7 to to start it. What's this? We hit him, I guess, in a box the entire rest of the game. Terrell <laughs> Suggs is now coming out, and he's hyping the crowd up like for the WWE. third quarter. Yeah, I just love the idea of just like, like I, I love the idea that Terrell Suggs was like in a glass case under in the bowels of the stadium, and it was breaking case of crowd emergency, and that's what they did at the beginning of the third quarter. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it really, it's like you only if we need you. Otherwise, just stay down here. Um, you know, it's funny as I was watching the. The Ravens Chiefs game. I didn't have that. I would be pulling for the Ravens. Like you can't help. And it's, I really like Kansas City, and I, I I love Mahomes and Kelsey and all of it. But it was funny in real time. Like I found myself like pulling for Baltimore, and then I was like, well, no, you, you can't have that. You can't have Baltimore win the Super Bowl. You can't live in that world. But in real time, like my you, you know the heart wants what the heart wants. I was kind of rooting for him. So all uh, three of us did that with the Ravens. Yeah, it was, it, it was interesting. <laughs> Player who impressed the most recently, Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey for that touchdown grab where he turned his body at almost like a, a complete 360. Like, they're both just incredible. 
Yeah, Travis Kelsey. I, I talked about him yesterday and totally agree with that. Um, also, Brandon Ayuk, because he sometimes gets forgotten in all the great players that are on the 49ers, you know, across the entire roster, but especially yep. on offense. And no, he makes the awesome circus catch off the guy's helmet. He has a touchdown in the game as well. And it's like, oh, if this guy can also be on, it's just that thing with the 49ers. If two guys have a good game, they're basically impossible to beat because almost one of them is always going to have a good game. If three have a good game, and that's kind of where Brandon Ayuk comes into the conversation, Mm -hmm. then they're unstoppable, and that's what they were in the second half. Yeah, I think when you... I'll I'll go Purdy here, just from the standpoint of when the last two weeks, when they needed greatness, he was. With drives in both of them, the scramble is a monster play. Um, And then you go look at what he did this year, and he leads the league in most of the important categories. He's a dude. He's just a dude. He's not in the dude in the sense of Mahomes, but he's, he's in that top 10-ish quarterback in the league. Like It, it kind of is what it is at this point, and you kind of have to acknowledge it. Uh, player who disappointed the most, Reese? Lamar Jackson. Um, the Zay Flowers fumble, that's not entirely his fault, but that interception that he threw into triple coverage in the end zone, yeah. you got to be better in the second half if you're Lamar. Now, was Isaiah likely? Was there pass interference on that play? Maybe. You could argue it, I think. But triple coverage, man, in the end zone, yeah. the AFC championship, sir. It's disappointing. I'll go with Zay Flowers because I found the whole situation very interesting. But it, like he is a rookie, it makes sense to that that he would make rookie mistakes. So I like your your calling Lamar. But the thing that annoyed me most about the Zay Flowers thing, there, I guess it was two things. Because one, he got the taunting right before he got the fumble as well, and it's like you can maybe kind of shove your opponent down as you're both getting up from the ground. You can maybe get away from that. You can maybe get away with just spinning the ball behind your opponent. You can maybe get away with standing near your opponent and flexing. But if you do all three, they're definitely going to call it. And then it backed them up to a point where they got a first down at the 11-yard line, which is sometimes the the coolest, sweetest spot a team can get because you can get a new set of downs if you can just get to the one. You don't have to get to the end zone. Had Zay Flowers just held on to the, the ball, and I'm not like just not reached for it, just dove forward and just completely held on to it, they would have had the first down even if he missed the end zone, and that's what made the fumble even more disappointing to me. But he's a rookie. The And the guy who he was taunting is the guy who punched it out, Sneed. He was taunting really? Sneed, and then Sneed's the one who punched it out. So Talk about all-time backfires. Yeah, so that, that mine as well is, is Zay Flowers for that, because you're going to be chesty, and then it's the guy you're chesty against who, who punched it out. Bud Kilmer, honorary coach of the week. Quickly, Reese. Well, I mean, there's only two to choose from, right? Steve yeah. Spagnolo. <laughs> Chopper, who you got? Yeah, I gave it to Andy Reid. This whole thing they're doing where they're like, ah, we'll just get enough points and run it out is really impressive. It's just, it's crazy to watch. I go Kyle. I mean, down three scores, and his team got it back really quickly. They had the belief, and they went. Top three teams right now, obviously two of them. Who's the third? Ravens. Ravens still for me. Yeah. Just because the MVP. <clears throat> yeah, I think... I think Detroit had the bigger missed opportunity by far, though, in, in watching it. But I, I think you're probably right. And we have our Super Bowl right now. It is done. By the way, I'm just curious, how many times this season, because I this was mine a lot, was San Francisco, Kansas City. When we got to this line and we did Super Bowl right now, I'd be curious how many times we picked Kansas City, San Francisco. I don't think I maybe at the it was beginning Philly, of the you year. You were a big Philly guy a lot, I remember. Yeah. Um at the beginning and that would have made certainly a lot of sense. And I I knocked the Chiefs for that loss to the Lions, too. Oh yeah, so well, that, worse that, than that they lost to the loss to they lost to Denver, Guys, they we're, lost to the Raiders. We're doing a really bad job here. We had it every week. 
every single week on this program. Check the audio. When you ask us, yeah, you can go and check the audio. Now, how many weeks did we each have at least one of these two teams? Every week. Every week. Of course. For sure on that. Wrong? Are you kidding me? Zero chance. Um, A big move in the media world we'll get to coming up next. Shelly time coming up at 1133 and a wild spot the Jackets are in. Uh, Bishop and Friends, right here on The Fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And well, we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Sports conversation that's worthy of a toast. Or at least a stiff drink. You're listening to Bishop and Friends. Reese, uh, oh, before I get to that, I need to tell you about my good friends at Tipico and, and, and I encourage you to gear up with the Tipico Sportsbook. You're getting on the betting action, playoff football, the hoops, the hockey, so much more. Do take advantage of those massive odds boosts on your favorite teams and players. They have the biggest payouts. Try that new flex parlay plan, and you cash in on your bets even if you miss a leg or two. Claim your new sign-up bonus now. Get $100 in bonus bets when you bet $25. Sign up now. Enter the promo code THEFAN100. Get a $100 bonus bet. Download the Tipico Sportsbook app today. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Ohio. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for more on that. You mentioned yesterday in, in I believe it was in, in three things when you had um, Triple H talking about WWE coming out of Royal Rumble and not talking about Vince McMahon. Um, last night, Pat McAfee was introduced as the full-time uh, analyst on WWE Raw. And so it he is essentially the Band-Aid for everything, is McAfee. He's the Band-Aid for ESPN's kind of daytime programming. He's the Band-Aid for College Game Day. And now he's being entrusted to be the Band-Aid of WWE. I don't know how he does it. Because W Monday Night Raw Caffeine. is a tra- that's a traveling showcase. That's a traveling Every carnival. Every week, traveling circus. Probably the private they, jet. <clears throat> they don't take Mondays off, even with private aviation. Like, that's a do your show, fly to location. And, I mean, some of those flights, I mean, he's going to have to do a show on the road some if he's going to be able to do it. He would do his Friday shows on the road for game day. Obviously, he wouldn't have a Sunday show, but he'd probably have to do his Monday show at the very least wherever he's doing Monday Night Raw that weekend. And then imagine that in season. That would be fly somewhere Thursday evening, maybe Friday morning to where you're doing college game day. Do your show there Friday, do college game day there Saturday. And then Sunday, go to wherever Raw is going to be. Do your show remote somewhere else Monday and then do Raw Monday night. Is he permanently? Because, again, I, I missed last night. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be missing many a Monday nights now. Is he going to be the host in football season? Or I guess it, the- they, they, they tabbed it as the permanent host. Okay. Per- so, I, you know, that, that can last two months with WWE. What about a national championship game? Like, what's he choosing? <sighs> because the national championship game should and is on a Monday. Good job, college football. That's their big plan is to do that? They're keeping it there? I guess. I mean, there's been no indication that they're ever going to move it off it. We have uh, some 20 minutes ago breaking news about the Super Bowl. So according to page six, Taylor Swift will be in attendance 
on February 11th at Allegiant Stadium. She's got a okay. show in Tokyo, or she's got a couple of shows in Tokyo starting on February 7th. She's got a final show on the 10th at the Tokyo Dome. She's going to get on a plane, and she's going to be there for her boyfriend's Super Bowl game. Then she's going to Australia for like the other leg of that tour. He's probably jumping on that plane headed to Australia with her, right? Like win the Super Bowl on to Perth. You think so? Yeah, it'll be crazy. Like if they end up like getting married, like listing out this like six, seven months that they went through where she has this record setting tour. He goes to one of the shows on the tour, tries to give her a friendship bracelet. She starts going to his events. He makes the Super Bowl if he wins the Super yeah. Bowl and she's in attendance when she's coming from the international leg of her record setting tour it's just such a like you don was talking earlier like you can't make this stuff up well it's a soap opera they do make it up this you really nobody would believe this if you made a romantic comedy that was this storyline no they would say this is just way too much yeah the the other part of it like the rea- the other part is the reality of it of like i had a buddy who was in a, a long distance relationship for a while and every time this was years ago but like the only time that they got to see each other was like on weekends, right? Was for a while. I mean, this lasts like six months or eight months or something like that, right? So everything, every time they got together, it was like a first date, right? Yeah. Going to a great dinner and everything's high five and great and it's the best. And then all of a sudden they moved to the same town and then they had like real life. And it was like, oh, so this is the day to day. This is very different than dating you every single weekend. It's it, nobody loses in dating you every single weekend. Like that's as big a win as you're going to get. That's the whole right? point in dating is to that's get to the weekends. <laughs> right. So like all you get is a weekend and a date over and over and over again. And basically what happened, they didn't last long after, uh, after he moved to the town, it was like, okay, there's, there's actually a lot more that goes into this. That's much more difficult. So their fall could like to go from like, she's on tour all over the world, him winning the Super Bowl to like, all right, this is like life now. It's why there's not difference. a lot of sequels to romantic comedies. <laughs> no, because, no. oh yeah, you guys just had a really crazy month. But that was fun. Well, now you're yeah. just dating, and it's not the same. So um, another thing in the entertainment world, I saw today that um, the the actress who plays Rhaenyra Targaryen on um, on the Game of Thrones spinoff House of the Dragon, she was cast as Supergirl. The so, older one or the younger one? Uh, the younger one. Probably the younger one of the younger Supergirl. One. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the older one is... No, no the younger one, yeah. Um, and it, it got me thinking... That what is this fascination in this country with casting British people to play American superheroes? I mean, this seems to happen a lot. I mean, the Batman well, Christian Bale is Welsh. I said British. <laughs> I didn't say English. British. Okay. So they, that's in Great Britain. So you. So him, Pattison, um, Henry Cavill did it for Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now she's playing Supergirl. That we we always want them to play. Like our people, there's no, there's not an American who can play Supergirl. You'd think that they'd be able to find one, you know, a blonde American woman. That, I've seen them; they're around. They exist, you, they, especially in Hollywood. I think you yeah. could could cast that. I don't know. There's always, I think, it's the accent. It fools us because they're just normal people too. But there is something to like the prestige of an actor with an accent that there's a I great, think people fall prey to. There's a great Zach Galifianakis bit that I just saw yesterday. It's funny you bring that up. Between two ferns. He's interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch, and he looks at him straight face, and he says, do you think your accent hides the fact that you're a poor actor? <laughs> and it was yes. like, he says it right. And I like Cumberbatch breaks. It was just perfect. Like, it was just perfect, uh, perfect Galifianakis. He absolutely crushed that one uh, with with the delivery on that. Um, the, the other, the problem I think that all of those universes are, ha- like the DC problem is, it's really a Superman problem. 
I've always thought that Superman's he's actually really uninteresting. He's, he's not interesting at all. He's too impervious. Yeah. What's the conflict? And like, There's how do none. I ever get nervous in a Superman movie? You can't. And so, like, when you do like a Justice League, and he's on your team, it's like, oh yeah, we're good. We got this guy. He's a, he does everything. Well, in the Justice League, they did both. He he wakes up and he he's not on their team, and he's forgotten who he is, and then they remind him who he is, and so they have a hard time beating him. And then they remind him who he is, and then they beat the big bad. Because that man's got trinkets. Ready. It was one, one guy's got trinkets. The other guys can do everything. This was in the theatrical one, not the Zack Snyder one that was like in black and white and like a very different feel. But the theatrical one, uh, there's a scene in there where the Flash looks over and Superman is running as fast as him. They're like saving people. And Superman kind of like gives him like a wink. And it's like, if Superman is as, is as fast right. as the Flash, then what's the point of the Flash? There isn't. That's, 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 that's the, that's the problem with DC. I remember quizzing the boys like who, who, which, uh, when they were younger, this was probably right around COVID. We watched all of the, the Marvel movies like in order. And, um, and I'm like, well, you know, NBC, what's your, who, which guy would you be? He's a Tony Stark dad. Definitely Iron Man. That's that guy's so cool. Great house, cool cars, all that. Uh, I said to, to Bootsy, I said, "Who would you be?" Thor, which fits him pretty well. He's um, a god. He's literally a god. That's right. He's so that's literally a god. That's pretty good. And then uh, and then Beams, he goes Superman. And I said Superman. I said he's not even in, in this universe. And I'm like, why would you pick Superman? He goes because he can do everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's their problem. That's the whole problem with the operation. He can do everything. That's actually um, been a problem with Marvel too, real quick. Like as the, as they keep making more and more movies in this universe, it's like, well, wait, who is stronger? Because sometimes the Hulk can win this fight, but other times the Hulk just gets his lunch handed to him. So it's been like almost twenty years since those, or like Iron Man, two thousand eight Iron Man came out. Yeah. So you're gonna you're about ready to get a reset. Probably. Is what it's going to be. You're going to get a reset. <sighs> they'll do every 20 years. They'll do a reset of them, and that's they'll come up, try to come up. They'll never land the plane this well again, but they'll they'll try uh, because there's too much money in it. Uh, the jackets could use some superheroes. They're in St. Louis tonight, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Get some uh, clarification from Jody Shelley coming up next. Bishop and friends, right here on the fan. Common man has spent the past 18 years telling you how much he hates people, and yes, that probably means you too. Common man and T-Bone, weekdays at three. The fans. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Drop the gloves. It's Shelly time. Sponsored by Schottenstein Roofing. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, we're on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We are in St. Louis as the road trip. Ah, oh, you hear it in the background, the ice, the pucks, the skates, all of the things we need for a little bit of Shelly time. Um, do you ever, when you go through, when you're on, in, even in the position you are now on, on the broadcast, it, do you wrap your head around, like, where you've been the last week? And and is it enjoyable for you, family and all of that? I'm sure you don't like being away that long, but how do you manage this for yourself? Yeah, it's a balance. It's you know, it is. There are moments where it's, it's a lot of fun, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, I got to see my mom and dad in Alberta, my brother, sister, nieces and nephews. Uh, so that was a, a highlight of the trip. Got to see my best friend in Calgary. Um, you look out and see the Rocky Mountains. You know, yesterday we're leaving Seattle in the morning. 
it's just you're, you know you can't believe where you're at. So you, yeah. you do take a minute and enjoy it. But other than that, it's just planes, buses, screening, travel, a lot of eating, both. Yes. But uh, it gets to be a little long when you end up, uh, you know, that one more game in St. Louis um, for the broadcasters. It's it's enjoyable, but you know, time away from home is is, uh, is the part that you miss. But you know what? We got ten, a ten day break coming up. So, uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it's an enjoyable. It, it's it's a perk of the of the business is traveling as an NHL uh, traveling party. It, it's it's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no nonsense. You're not middle. You're not middle seat row thirty six. No, it's it's slightly better than that, my friend. What was your uh, what What was your best best meal of the trip? I'll just tell you. Yesterday it was a three and a half hour flight, and I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the flight. I mean, I ate every hour a full meal. That's great. The best meal was the best meal was uh, my birthday's coming up, so my mom we had to celebrate my birthday. Yeah. So we had. Um, she asked me, of course, what I wanted. So I wanted lasagna, Caesar salad. So I got that. It was amazing. And then she made two birthday cakes for me. So God bless. I mean, you can't beat mom's home-cooked meals. That is, that's absolutely great. <laughs> Buddy, this has been, there's been a lot going on here. Uh, we got an injury report we got to get deal with. We've got, uh, you know, your check being sent down. We've got, and then we got line I sent home. Let, I guess let's start with line A and now he's in the player assistant program. Um, yeah. Did, did, was there a, and I know we can't get into some of the details on this or, and I'm sure you know things that you can't say, but just, was this a shock for everybody that this happened? Yeah, no, I don't know uh, anything more than what everyone else knows, though. And okay. uh, he was, he's been injured a couple times this year. Last year was tough for him. Uh, he's been through a lot the past couple of years, and, and it just sounds like he needs to take a step back and take care of Patrick Line the person. That, you know, that's just what I see from where I sit. Um, so he's gone to do that, and we wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, definitely shocked. I was shocked at that because he did join the team on the trip. He was skating on the trip, and then we heard the news when it came released. So... That's really all we know on that situation. Okay. Um, we, we had an injury last time out with Fantilli. What can you tell us on that? Yeah, you know what? He, he went through a hit, and he got clipped by a skate and got cut on the back of the leg, and he got lucky. Sounds like it's, uh, to me, it sounds like it's nothing major, but I don't know there. Like, it's, you know, you see him, see him still on the trip. Uh, he's hobbling around. He will not be playing tonight, uh, but it sounds to me like he might have dodged one. But I'm not for sure on that. Wow, uh, that is yeah. scary. We've had some scary stuff with the skates. Is is there? I mean, I, I'm sure you guys don't want any. And you play, you don't want any more protection than you already have. But is there some? I mean, we had the tragic death in England. Like, is yeah. there is there any talk about? Is there anything more that you could do? Like, you go to Kevlar. Like, is yes. there anything more you could do? Yes. So, so the uh, league is looking at implementing cut-proof underwear. So behind the legs on the socks, uh, so a lot of guys, Cole Sillinger, I know, wears cut-proof wrist guards. Uh, you're going to see neck guards. More and more neck guards are, are going to be coming out. Uh, but, you know, the blades, there's been talk that the blades are different, and it is true. These blades are made from a different uh, – they just seem sharper, and the okay. game is faster, and, you know, there's a lot more going on with guys get clipped, and, and you're kind of surprised as a guy that sits back now and watches. You don't see more. But the guys are the guys are wearing cut proof gear. A lot, a lot of guys are. I'm not sure if Fantilli was or not wearing cut proof socks, because okay. sometimes even with the impact, you get a you know you get an impact cut or whatever. Yeah. But 
the, the, the league is on top of that. The, the, any any kind of area where they can put in that cut proof gear, you're going to see that coming in for these players. Good. I mean, that's terrifying, yes. man. That's absolutely yes. terrifying stuff, uh, to say the least. And I, I hadn't heard that about the, the blades being different and, and that for some reason they're sharper. But, I mean, look, you're going to push technology as far as you can push it to get an edge. And in this case, maybe it's too far, huh? Yeah, it's finer steel. It's lighter steel. It's uh, just, you know, it used to be just simple, that silver steel. But now it's, it's like guys are so in tune with how it's sharpened. Uh, what the what the blade is made of, what the feel that they like. So it's become very technical with skate blades. Yeah, it certainly has. Um, one of the other things that happened on this trip was uh, David Yurchek being sent back to Cleveland. He's not happy about it. Uh, he hadn't played in a month. Like we, you and I talk all the time about, like, man, you got to play hockey games at that age. Yeah. Um, what do you make of the handling of that situation and some of his comments? Well, I don't mind him, of course, wanting to be in, in the NHL. Um, you know, as as a player, I'm sure. I mean, I've I've been sent down, and you know, I felt that way. But I would I would not say it in the media. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a different time. So David feels he's a passionate kid. Uh, he feels like he belongs up here, and I think a lot of guys do. But I think at the end of the day, when he goes down to a winning organization right now in Cleveland, and plays like you want to be the man, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you want to be on the power play. You want to yeah. impact the game. You want to have all situations fall in your lap and be counted on as a as a top pick in the National Hockey League. And right now, he's not getting that in the National Hockey League. So, American Hockey League is where you grow, and Pascal Vincent sees that better than anyone. He was in Winnipeg with one of the best players in the league, and Kyle Connor, who's a top player for the Winnipeg Jets, but he had to grow in the American Hockey League and figure it out. And, and you know... Sometimes these young players are very short-sighted, which they which they should be. They want to yeah. be here, and they you know, and you start comparing yourself to other players around the league, and, and you you just can't do that because there's a long play here for David Yurchek and all the guys that are down there wanting to be in the National Hockey League, and right now they feel it's better suited to be down there. So for him, uh, he probably doesn't see it now, uh, but but he will once he gets the opportunity to come here and play full time on a top four defensive role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always – you've talked about that a lot, about, look, you, you, you want to get in the habit of winning, right? And you want to get in the habit yeah. of, of, of having success and all of those things. And this has obviously been a tough, a tough stretch. Is, is there what, – what's kind of, give me the sense of finishing this road trip. It obviously didn't go the way that you wanted it to, uh, but finishing it in St. Louis tonight and then the break. Are, are we in a situation, Jode, where I'm sure the, the message from Pascal Vincent will be all in tonight and then you get a break? Um, is, is this a break? It feels like it's kind of needed, honestly. Yeah, you know it is. I mean, the whole league needs a break at some point, right? There's been a lot of hockey played, and there's been a lot of situations where you know you're scratching your head. As even last game in Seattle, the first two, well, the first period, the game gets away from you three nothing. The second period, you know, you you look for that push, it doesn't come. It comes in the third period, and then you see the team that you know is skating and on top of pucks and. And, and playing the way that Pascal Vincent wants him to play. And, you know, you go back to the Edmonton game, first two periods. So, you know, there is now a, a book of work here as they're mm-hmm. approaching game 50 of the season. Um, it's almost like a reset. You kind of hope the players get away. You know, there's been a lot thrown their way as far as what they've had to consume, how to play, and then not getting the results they've wanted. And that's hard for, for a team. So, you hope you come back and just get some wins and, and, and feel good about yourself. And, and yeah, it, it is time for a break because 
there's been times where there are inconsistencies and kind of the sometimes you see them a little defeated and they could be tired on this trip as well where they played three games in four nights just yeah. a lot of travel but that that is not going to be talked about today i mean you got to come out here tonight against the blues who won five in a row and and everyone wants to end and go into a break on a, on a high note and, and that'll be the focus here tonight plus whatever we got to do let's yeah. just get the win here you know all of us make the saves uh face uh, centerman do their role and I feel like Boone Jenner had a good game last game. He brought an emotional presence, which he always does. Yeah. It's a tough time with that bubble on. I know I talk about that a lot, but it's a real thing. Yeah. And I think that when you have Boone in the room pushing like that, I think that this has to come from within at some point. And I hope that the room is starting to take over with a lot of these leaders back and healthy and playing on, playing their game. Well, you get home safe after this one tonight, buddy. Hopefully we go into the break with on a little bit of a high note, at least going about our business the right way. Uh, a well-deserved rest for you as well, my friend, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, boy. I appreciate that. Yeah, it'll be nice to be home, and uh, we'll all enjoy the break a little bit, I'd say. We'll talk to you in a bit. All right, the great Jody Shelley with a little bit of Shelley time on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Uh, let's go 7th caller at 821-9710. You're going to get two tickets to see Heart and Cheap Trick at the Schottenstein Center on May 15th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. 7th caller on that. Three things on a Tuesday. Up next, Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the fan. Ohio sports destination. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Drink recommendations, movie reviews, sports discussion, and whatever the hell Reeser does. This is Bishop and Friends. Hi, Reese. What do we have in the poll today? Daily Fan Poll sponsored by ER Auto Care, masters of our craft. Today's Fan Poll asks, which NFL broadcast team is your favorite? Buck Aikman on ESPN, Kevin Burkhart, uh, Greg Olson on Fox, Jim Nance, Tony Romo on CBS, or Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth on NBC. Right now leading the way just slightly is, Kevin, is Burkhart and Olson on Fox. Buck and Aikman is... Behind at 32%. Again, that Fox team's 33%. Nance and Romo, 20%. And then Tariko Collinsworth uh, rounding that up at 12%. Real Collinsworth fatigue. Jack or Chris? I think. Well. (laughs) Does Jack harm what his father's trying to do? Yeah. I think it's in play. Every once in a while, things will stand out to me, but maybe it just doesn't bother. I I don't really care about the announcers in just about any game. No, I think the ones that are doing it, I think, as I've said, and Tony was a rocket ship when he came out. I think it's a little awkward with him and, and Nance right now. Nance is still my favorite of the, of the play by play guys, but I think, I think the Buck Aikman team is the clean, they're like the most clean right now. Like that, that operation is yeah. damn solid. Olsen's getting really good though, as well as being, yeah, the, I'm going to get to that in three commentary. things. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and hit three things. 
You are a face of the network, and that's what they're getting with Brady. What they're getting with Brady is go meet with Geico and have a go play a practice round of golf with Tom Brady. That's what they're. That's what the job is. So that's what they're. That's what Olson. Olson's awesome at this, and he. But he's not somebody who like a guy who's who's running one of, a CEO of one of these companies is going to be as excited to go play golf with or go have a dinner with, and that sucks. But that's the reality of it. From one very important media people to another one, Elmo from Sesame Street, he asked on Twitter, Elmo's just checking in. How is everybody doing? <laughs> the replies, because it's Twitter, were from a lot of adults, and they are not having a good time. Probably mostly joking, but there are a few guys who are like, my wife just left me, which is a common one. Or, I just got laid off, Elmo. How do you oh think my, it's going? Oh, my God. It's like, guys... It's Elmo. Like, canonically, he's like a four-year-old kid. <laughs> like, let's settle down with giving Elmo, you know, all our dirty laundry. But be careful what you ask for on Twitter. Speaking of children, you all cackled like children yesterday when I brought up the return of Ben Simmons. Well, he had the last or most recent laugh. Ten points, eight rebounds, 11 assists, one steal, zero turnovers in 18 minutes last night as the Nets beat the Jazz 147-114. to 114. Comeback player of the year in the NBA? Summer saying this and almost triple double. The whole time you were reading that, I was trying to picture where he was playing. I could not remember he was where playing he was playing all over. Well, no, but for what organization? All over. I could not remember what organization the kid played for. Um, number number two for me. So over the weekend, legendary Liverpool manager uh, Jurgen Klopp decided to step down at the end of the season from Liverpool. So when he got there, they hadn't won in Europe in a long time, had never won a, a Premier League, and he did all of those things and became like this folk hero, legend, bigger than life figure with Liverpool, which is one of the legendary brands in, in all of world soccer. Do yourself a favor. So at Liverpool, they sing You'll Never Walk Alone um, in the stadium. They put their arms around each other and sing it. Just Google You'll Never Walk Alone from this past weekend and watch Klopp's face as they sing it, and you will see. I, I don't know if we ever will have that type of connection between manager slash coach and fan base the way that he has it with that one. It is unbelievable. JLo and I like to look around the eclectic mess that is a Marshalls or a TJ Maxx or even like a Home Goods and stuff. So yesterday we were just out and about running some errands and we we're like, yeah, let's just stop into Marshalls, see if there's any good deals right now. Turns out there actually were a few. One, I'm wearing this quarter zip I'm wearing right now. Brand new. Looking just bought great. it yesterday. Gorgeous. But it, there were a lot of stuff on clearance, but you have to look through all of it. You know, it's not like situated as like, here's all the quarter zips. It's just random stuff. And uh, there was some Ohio State gear that was pretty well priced. One, even with the Nike swoosh, but they didn't have my size they did have a medium and i said do i try it oh let's go i tried it on and i did not end up getting it because i'm like it does technically fit but i feel like the fact that it is actually a medium i was true medium territory in the shoulders and and the chest (laughs) and i was was like i can't 
I can't just go out there and just all of a sudden wear a shirt like this. So, no, I don't think the medium's in my future, but it did technically fit. All right. So, yesterday, I, I couldn't get you excited about Ben Simmons against the Utah Jazz. How about this? How about go this? Ahead. So, the Big 12's Sell got it. football schedules out this year. Uh-huh. They has released their football schedules this sure. morning. Here are some notable matchups, according to ESPN, of Big 12 football this fall. September 14th, Central Florida at TCU. Okay, oh, okay. How about this one? October 26th, Kansas at Kansas State. Oh, mama. BYU at Utah, November 9th. Oh, yes, yep, the classic Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma <laughs> State at Colorado, November 29th. Okay. Arizona State at Arizona, November 30th. These are just rivalry games. <laughs> they're not even notable games. They're just well, saying they're, they're yeah, made they're up rivalry games. games. They're just made up. Oklahoma State, Colorado, not a rivalry in any way. Um, the Ut- So now, Dan interest. No, and I do think that the biggest thing, would, the most stunning thing is to look back on is that the Pac-12 should have been saved. And it just, they just needed to, because if they just would have played this year, they would have gotten their money. Mm-hmm. They would have gotten their forty, fifty million a team. George Klyavkov. I told you guys. I told you guys. Yeah, number three for me. So, buddy, of mine recommended the show on Netflix that Sophia Vergara is in called Griselda. So she's like a, a Miami cocaine kingpin. It's from the people who brought you Narcos. So the, that type. I'm very familiar with that world. I got to tell you, I was so unnerved by how they tried to make Sophia Vergara unattractive. And my buddy goes, well, yeah, but the real Griselda wasn't attractive. And I said, well, then don't hire Sophia Vergara. I don't want to watch her. I don't want to watch you uglying up Sophia Vergara for crying out loud. And then the other thing they did is they kind of did some crazy time hops. Like it had a potential, I think, but it it, it fell a little flat for me. There's plenty of ugly people out there. You yeah, have to find do less one. work. <laughs> don't put. Don't make her. Don't ugly her up. I think I've mentioned this before, but Kit doesn't like the kitchen. She likes to like sit at the edge of the floor between the kitchen and the dining room, especially when we're in there cooking. I don't know what it is, but she kind of looks like a younger brother who was told they can't play pickup basketball with the older brother and his friend. <laughs> so she kind of just sits there. But now I've decided that, you know what? Whatever caused this, this accidental training of her being skittish about the kitchen, I'm just going to use it to my advantage. So now when I need some peace and quiet, I just go to the kitchen and I know that she's not going to bug me for a little bit. <laughs> We're going to do uh, higher or lower tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock. Yep. The Athletics, Stuart Mandel. Finally, someone with the courage to do a way too oh, early baby. college football All top right. 25. And you're going to get it because we're going to give it to you tomorrow. The 22 what a hour long tease. tease. A long tease out of you. Good job out of you. Rothman and Ice coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Bishop and Friends right here on The Fan. An encyclopedic knowledge of sports and other random things you may or may not care about. I think I found my mentor. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to three. The Fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Buckeye men's hoops teams may have lost five of six, but they opened up just a two-and-a-half-point underdog to 10th-ranked Illinois tonight. Ohio State's plus 130 on the money line to pull off the upset. Total for tonight's 150-and-a-half. Ohio State is 1-8 and eight against the spread in their last nine games, with the only cover being against Penn State. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Matt Andrews. OSU men's basketball will take on Illinois tonight at the Schottenstein Center. Game will tip at 7. Coverage at 6 here on The Fan. The Jackets wrap up their five-game road swing tonight in San Luis against the Blues. That game will start at 8. Buckeye newcomers meeting with the media this morning. Alabama transfer offensive lineman Seth McLaughlin impressed with his new teammates. I think it's impressive. I think it's a testament to the culture here. Uh, in my two short weeks, I can tell how much guys love about uh, love this program and care about this program and care about their legacy. And, you know, you had so many guys that could have been drafted this year that came back. And, you know, I don't want to speak for them, but it sounds like it's because they think they have unfinished business and they want to win all the games and they want to leave a legacy. Today's sponsored by Nature Stone. Schedule your free cost estimate today at naturestone.com. It's not just a floor. Wow, it's Nature Stone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.